This is the NTT IndyCar Series. And Rossi makes the pass in turn three, Jake. Alexander Rossi now clears Alex Pelot. His next target, Pelot's teammate, Scott Dixon. Boy, what a pass. No changes. A tear off off the arrow screen. And crucially, those red tires to go the distance. And he visibly closes. It's down to about eight car lengths as they make their way through turn number nine. Now turn number ten. Will Power gives Chevrolet their 100th win. Outdueling Alexander Rossi to the checkered flag. Redemption, boys. Redemption. With live flag-to-flag coverage. Coverage from the streets of Detroit. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh, the history of IndyCar racing in Detroit dates back to 1992. Some legendary drivers have won here. Zanardi, the late Greg Moore, Michael Andretti, and others like Will Power more recently. Elio Castro Neves, Padua Ward, and Marcus Erickson. A rich history it is. A new chapter will be written today with the departure from Belle Isle and the debut of a fast, narrow, unforgiving street course in downtown Detroit. Welcome, everyone. I'm Mark James. Let's not waste any time. Let's hear from many of the drivers who will roll off the grid today and tackle this 1.7-mile circuit. We'll start by welcoming in Alex Wolf, who's with our pole sitter, Alex Below. Leading the field, the green flag is Alex Pillow. And while well, you've talked about how tight this uh, street circuit is in Detroit and being on that front row, that's a, a good place to be, I guess, to stay ahead of it. How do you think it's going to play out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, a really good day yesterday for the number 10 Ridgeline Lubricants car. Um, super happy getting our pole here at the new Detroit track. Um, as I said, it's it's going to be really tight. Uh, we expect some some caution, so starting up front is going to help us. Um, hopefully, we can have a clean race and, and finish up front. So, yeah, the car has been really quick on short runs, obviously, yesterday and on long runs today. So, yeah, looking good for today. What do you think, tire strategy? How's it feel between the blacks and the greens? Yeah, there's a big difference, obviously, on how quick they come into temperature. Um, the alternates are a bit faster, as always, which is good. So um, I don't really know how the degradation is going to be on the greens. Um, but, yeah, we'll find out during the race. Uh, looking forward to it. For the second race in a row, Alex Pelot starts from the pole position. And joining him on the front row is Scott McLaughlin, and he is with our Joel Sebastianelli. Scott McLaughlin starts second. Obviously, the key to getting up front and staying up front is staying out of trouble. The key to setup for a winning car is what? I don't know. Hopefully we've done it today in a Gallagher Chevy. I think, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we just, you know, no mistakes today. It's going to be all about attrition and making sure we get things done. But yeah, I feel uh, I feel pretty confident after the warm-up. We had a really fast car that looked after its tyres. So, um, yeah, who knows? See what we've got. That's Scott McLaughlin starting second. Thank you. Well, Roman Grosjean, all this 2023 season, you've been knocking on Victory Lane's door. What's it going to take today in Detroit to walk through it? A good car, good strategy, a bit of luck. I think luck is going to be uh, your biggest friend today. And as we get ready for this race, there's been so much talk about really a Noah data to draw on running on the street circuit through your racing career. Is there any track you've run on that just compares to this, the street circuit in Detroit? Nah, not really. I think uh, I really love the idea that we're downtown in Detroit. I think the tracks needs a bit of love. Well, we look forward to seeing what you can do today. Good luck. Thank you. Roman Grosjean rolls off from the inside of row two. Scott Dixon starts fourth this afternoon. Is this the kind of race where we just have to expect the unexpected? 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people blow it out of proportion, right? And then, it, and then it's not bad. But, you know, also we see races like Nashville too. So uh, I think always just keep an open mind, man. I don't think get too set on your ways and what you think you're going to do um, and be ready for change, you know. So you're never out of these races until you, you know, until the, the checkered flag flies. So, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to just see how much attrition and maybe how many crashes there are and at what point of the race to, to figure out, uh, you know, how it's going to play. From a strategy perspective, do you expect most of the field to be on the same strategy? I don't know. Like, I think uh, sometimes with Balao, right, you know, the reds we all knew were, were pretty horrible, but it looks like the red uh, or the green, sorry, lasts longer here. So that, that dig is not as much, uh, which maybe opens up uh, a little more even strategy. Um, but again, it's the first time, so you're not really sure. Full tanks, you know, pushing really hard and in traffic if that's really going to abuse the tyre. And honestly, it feels like sometimes, you know, depends on what set you get, uh, how it plays. Some can fall off really quickly. And then we had a set at Indy Road Course that was much better than the first set. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, man. A three-time winner on Belle Isle, Scott Dixon, looking to get off to a good start on the streets of Detroit. Lining up in the 10th position this afternoon, Pato Award. And Pato now with just the race to go. What are your impressions of this course on the streets of Detroit? Oh, it's good, man. It's uh, it's the first first time we come back to the streets of Detroit, stating the obvious. Um, but, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a challenging track. It's very bumpy. It's very tight. Very hard to pass. So I think uh, the race is definitely going to be... Interesting in terms of, you know, what strategies are going to be going on and, um, you know, people picking where they're going to pass or not. And really the most important part a lot of people have been talking about is that start, starting the race on the back straightaway, going into the tight hairpin, lining up a tenth. What do you think? Is it going to be a deal where you got to try to have some sort of patience, but is it more worrying about who's around you? Uh, survival game. That's, that's going to be the name of the game today. Look forward to seeing what you can do. Thanks, man. Pato Award driving for Errol McLaren, a team that with John Watson in 1982 won the first Formula One race in downtown Detroit. Marcus Erickson will roll off sixth. Some tricky practice sessions, a lot of yellows and reds. This is actually the first session we've had, warm-up, where it went green from start to finish. How important was this to help find the balance and find a rhythm for today? Yeah, with, with being a new track, you know, every lap you get out here is going to be good for, for everyone, you know, teams and drivers. So uh, it was nice to get a clean session and, you know, plenty of laps in. So it'll be an interesting race this afternoon. You know, it's, uh, it's a very tight and twisty track and 27 cars out there is definitely going to be, I think, entertaining to watch. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It seems like the more entertaining or the more chaotic one of these street races is. It works out in your favor. Is that a sign of things to come today? Yeah, usually when it's chaos, we, we sort of thrive in that. So hopefully that uh, holds true today as well. Uh, you know, we put ourselves in a good place starting six. You know, we hopefully the chaos will happen behind us and not uh, around us. Uh, but you never know around here. But uh, no, it feels good. Qualifying was a good session for us. And then uh, getting warm up, I had a good feeling in the car. We did some changes that I thought was better. So I'm, I'm having a good feeling going into the race. That's Marcus Erickson starting sixth in the Husky Chocolate Honda. And that's six of the top ten uh, and of the 27 starters. If we have time, we'll catch up with a few more drivers as we move through our pre-race festivities. And don't forget, green flag scheduled for 3.30 Eastern. When we come back, we will talk tire and fuel strategy with Davey Hamilton. Well, it's Davey Hamilton. It's no longer a blank sheet of paper, but it's far from being filled. Still lots to ferret out when it comes to race strategy today. 
There are two schools of thought here. Start on the alternates, go primary, primary, or go primary, alternate, primary. What camp are you in? Well, I, I think right now I'm going to start on that alternate tire just to see what it's going to do. If there's a yellow flag, I'm going to say if, I don't want to jinx anything, that you have a better chance to get off of those alternate tires if need to be. So I'm going to say I'm going to go alternate, then primary, and then at the end I'm just going to see what stop, how many laps are left, and what we could do, and just see how those alternates hold up. Uh, everything that I'm hearing, everything that I'm seeing, says in terms of the wear, uh, the rears on the alternates seem to wear quicker than the fronts. What does that translate into? Well, and I, I can tell you, after after finally getting on track just a moment ago, Mark, this track is, the bumps really don't affect you. I'm kind of surprised. But the, the traction, how tight this is. I mean, this is the narrowest racetrack I think I've ever been on. And a lot of first gear, you know, down through turns, to four, five, six, seven. You're all first geared through there, but it needs to be powered down. And when powered down, it wants to spin those rear tires. So I think that's what a lot of these drivers are running into is just spinning those rear tires in those slow sections right now. So um, it, you have to take care of the rears. But if you don't get on the gas, you're not going anywhere. So it's it's that balancing act to try to get on that throttle without using up those back tires. Uh, lots of credit, I think, has to be given to the series for listening to these teams and these drivers, Davey, because since we first uh, took to the track on Friday, uh, there have been changes made to the pit commit line upon exit of the pit. Uh, there have been a banner installed to the attenuator at pin in to increase the visibility there. They put uh, a, a blue striping down around the pit boxes. Uh, they have uh, removed tires and widened some corners. They have smooth, smoothed out some barriers in a couple of places. So uh, uh, this is a, a work in progress, as is often the case when you have a new venue. Yeah, no question about it, Mark. And I tell you, one those and it worked. That you know that yellow banner for to show the pit in that really helped a lot. Obviously, moving some of these uh, the walls around. I, I didn't get to see drive around it beforehand, but they seem to be okay because it's so narrow. Anything you can do to help is going to going to be a huge help. But the biggest trickiest thing that I had to deal with in the few laps I got to take right there was turn three. Obviously, that's the passing zone. Super long straightaway. It's really hard to see where that turn in is. It's easy to overshoot that corner the, or, or under, under break. I mean, break too soon because you really can't see that left-hander. And it's tight. It's very tight. It's not Long Beach tight, but it's really close to it. It takes all, you got to you gotta get in there just right or you're going to have a bad angle at that corner. So that is going to be the most exciting corner of this racetrack. No question about it. It's going to be the most difficult, and that's where the most mistakes can be made. Interesting to note, you know, we have hairpins at Long Beach. We have Charlotte's Web and Alabama roller coasters. Uh, we have the keyhole at places like Mid-Ohio. We have the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. Here, perhaps the most signature portion of this race course is actually that split pit road. That is an amazing <laughs> thing to see, is it not? Yeah, it really is. Pit road. I'm standing here right now, Mark, and and it's just so wide. It's like a, it's like a huge six-lane city street between buildings and hospitality. It looks great. But then I turn around, and I look at the exit, and it's a single car. I'm going... How am I going to get through there with a two-seater? Do I got enough t turning radius to even get through that darn thing? It's that tight. And I'm right at the commit line, Mark. And, and uh, man, uh, when they're racing and it's, it's all, you know, each guy for himself, there could be some interesting times coming off of pit lane just to get back on the racetrack. And then, don't forget, once you get back on the racetrack, going into turn two, it's only a couple car lengths before you need to merge in and the car's up to speed. It's If, if you merge out there with cars on track, that's going to be another tricky situation because when you're 
contract, you kind of want to go into that warm-up lane or that on lane to come on to turn two because it's definitely slick and tight down there in turn two. Now we know the grip level has continued to improve, and we've seen the speeds continue to increase, or at least the times, we should say, have dropped. They've continued to get quicker. We did see this morning in that session, you and I saw from the same camera views, well, I'll tell you what, uh, the tire deg is noticeable because this track is going to dirty up in a hurry. How's that going to affect the handling of these race cars? Well, yeah, as we always know, any time that you get tire deg and marbles, they just don't match. That means your tires already wore out. And then when you get into the marbles and get that stuck to those tires, turning just is almost impossible right now. So it's uh, it's going to be one of those deals to where, hang on, if you get out of the marbles, try to stay out of them. You know, there may they may have sweepers come out on the track as well. If there's any yellows, I, I foresee maybe some sweepers try to come and clean the track out where it opens these grooves up just a little bit would you have had a conversation if you're alex below would you have had a conversation with scott mclaughlin who's starting next to you on the front row at the start <laughs> say hey look let's be smart about this and let those guys behind us make the mistakes on the first well, lap well not only him but you need to talk to the cars behind you as well just because of we've seen what happened in the ending next race where you know you take your breaking point the guy behind you does it and punts you going into this into the first corner that's the last thing you want so i assure you alex plo he knows how to start on the polar races but this one's going to be a little different because that is the start line going down into turn three they're going to be bunched together but he needs to get in there deep as he possibly can without overshooting that quarter sliding into that car on the outside of him of mclaughlin so so uh, it's going to be a fun start. Now, farther back you are, the most more difficult it's going to be to get to that turn three. There could be some bent-up nose wings and some touching it on this very first lap. Hey, you weren't with us yesterday. We want to give you an opportunity, folks who weren't with us earlier, for you to, to, to explain exactly why. Quite an honor for your family at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame induction ceremony yesterday. He, he, uh, what an honor it was. Uh, my dad um, was on, uh, inducted in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, which is just outstanding. And Mark, one thing they did a fabulous job by the way doing that and just to get in that mute and into that that uh that realm of drivers and crew people and everybody in that sprint car hall of fame was just amazing and it was emotional very emotional i mean tears came to all of our eyes and and one thing that i have to say that my father's been racing every single year still to date from 1964 hasn't missed a year yet so that was one reason but another reason he has won a championship over the last every every decade over the last four so 40 years he's been winning championships and by the way mark just three weeks ago he won another race out in idaho in that famed pink lady which is the famous car that he's known to drive so it was, it was a huge honor and and to be in that hall of fame with a lot of a uh, lot of the greats was uh, really special and meant a lot to me to get him in there well congratulations to you and your family special time for sure uh give your guests a good safe ride today we'll talk to you soon Okay, thanks, guys. That's our driver, driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, getting ready to pilot the fastest seat in sports. At 3.30 Eastern, the green flag will fly on the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, presented by Lear. Memorable in so many ways, the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. Here's how it sounded last week on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network fans on their feet, and the green flag flies on the 2023 Indianapolis 500, and it's their number one. Front row immediately got single file as Alex Pillow leads them into turn number one. Rosenquist is under attack. Here comes Joseph Newgarden swinging to the outside of that shell car. Newgarden moves the third line, and it looks like Rosenquist just tagged the wall, Michael. He's into the wall. Billings Rosenquist spins. He'll slide back into traffic. He'll clip Kyle Kirkwood. Kirkwood goes upside down. Kirkwood slides around the outside retaining wall. Felix Rosenquist's car at the exit of turn number two. 
Oh my goodness, what a horrible crash. Pato Award comes off of turn number four and sees the green flag fly as we're ready for the restart. Side by side battle to the start finish line with Joseph Newgarden in pursuit. Eight laps, 20 miles, and it's going to be Joseph Newgarden who leads them into turn number one. They fan out further back, but Newgarden, the American Rockets to the race lead. How about this kid from Tennessee driving for Team Penske, a five-car length advantage over Marcus Harrison. Pato Award there in the third position. We've had battles further back. Santino Ferrucci trying to get around Rossi. And Pato Award's going to go to the bottom of the racetrack side by side with Marcus Harrison for second. Award's not going to make it through. Caution flag's going to come out. Pato Award hits the wall. Pace car has left the track and a quick start for the defending champ Marcus Erickson. Joseph Newgarden, five car lengths behind. He saw the green flag and he flat got on it, did Erickson. But here comes Joseph Newgarden in turn number one. Erickson weaving back and forth like he did a year ago to try to protect that lead. He'll do it in a turn number one. Erickson, Newgarden, Ferrucci. Marcus Erickson trying to win back to back Indianapolis 500s, but here comes Joseph Newgarden. He's closed in on that rear wing. He has an amazing run down that back straightaway. Erickson goes behind the white line and it's Joseph Newgarden swinging to the outside for the final time. Joseph Newgarden has taken the lead of the Indianapolis 500 with just two turns to go. Marcus Erickson on his heels. Newgarden into turn number four. Erickson looks to the inside, looks to the outside. Newgarden has a two-car length lead. Advance Auto Park, twin checkered flag in the air. It's a battle at the start-finish line, and Joseph Newgarden will win the Indianapolis 500-mile race. I was trying to put it off that... You know, it's not going to define a career winning a race here, but but everyone seems to want to make it a defining moment. And so for me, you know, it's impossible to not look at it that way. And, and I'm elated to finally get it to work out. You know, it's it's this is way more than me. This is the entire team. They built an amazing car. Uh, what a day. The NTT IndyCar Series had the Indianapolis Motor Speedway continue to lead the field in the race for equality and change. Louisa Maser is back with more this week's On Track with Diversity presented by Gallagher your trusted insurance broker and HR and benefits consultant. We go inside the creative mind of Monty Mantuka, founder and creative director for Melly. Learn how you can support an inspiring local designer today at the track and in the community. Melly is a sophisticated streetwear clothing brand that stands for more equality, less ignorance. It was founded by me and launched um, to the market in 2020. And essentially what we're hoping to put out into the world is the mindset of more equality, less ignorance, learning how we can come together more as one human race, learning more about who we are as individuals, where we come from, and how we can better connect with others who are doing the same. I am a first-generation Congolese-American. The inspiration for, for Meli draws from my Congolese roots. There's the Congolese Sapiers, which is a group in the Congo who essentially dress in sophisticated, uh, loud, flamboyant garments that basically represent who they are and messages that they try to get across as well through their garments and it forms as a, a form of peaceful protest. The partnership with Melly and IMS, we see a lot of alignment uh, with what we're what initiatives we have and what values we hold. On Track with Diversity is brought to you by Gallagher. For 95 years in communities across the globe, Gallagher's insurance, risk management, and consulting solutions have helped businesses face their future with confidence. Gallagher. To learn more, visit AJG.com. Hey, race fans. I'm Will Power. 
There's only one episode left of 100 Days to India. See how it all ends up this Thursday at 9pm Eastern on The CW. And binge watch the whole season on The CW app. Again, green flag scheduled for 3.30. Let's go back to pit road, check in with Alex Wolf. Here we go in 3, 2, 1. History is always made at the Indianapolis 500, and last Sunday was no exception as Caitlin Brown, the left-front tire changer for Joseph Newgarden, became the first woman to ever go over the wall in an Indianapolis 500-winning car. And Caitlin, I guess the first question is a little bit of a two-parter. Of what was that experience like, the victory in general for the team, and in particular for that, a little bit of history that you were able to make? Uh, super incredible. Uh, to be able to, part, be, able to um, be a part of a win there is really special. Uh, especially with the first-time winner like Joseph um, and a lot of first-time winners on the team. So just taking that all in with the entire team uh, was made a really special day for us. And on that last lap when Joseph took the lead, was that the longest about 20 seconds of your life when you were waiting for him to get back around to that yard of bricks? Yeah, for sure. Um, we had just gotten back from getting back to the pit box from the red flag, so a little out of breath and uh, just trying to catch our breaths. And then watching that last lap was insane, so... Um, it was really cool, though. And taking a little bit of a step back for the folks that have maybe read and heard about your story and this uh, victory, maybe uh, what's the uh, thumbnail sketch of the uh, road you've taken to this two-car and the, the victory last Sunday? Um, just worked hard to get to where I am. Uh, kind of worked myself up through, you know, small teams and then getting to Penske and just working my way through to the position I am now. So. Just got to work hard to achieve your dreams, and, you know, they'll come to you. Well, we definitely congratulate you on that achievement, the platform it's given you, and you touched on it just a little bit. But for those uh, young women out there that have read this story, uh, what's maybe some, some words you have for them? Um, just, just keep working at whatever you want to achieve in life. Um, you know, if it's racing, just know that the race car doesn't know its gender, the gender of who's working on it. Um, you know, just turn the wrenches and do your job, and you'll get to where you want to be. Well, Caitlin, congratulations again. We wish you good pit stops and a safe day on the pit lane. Thank you. Yep, great story for sure. Thank you, Alex Wolf. Let's pause 10 seconds for stage identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. No, oh, hold on tight, kids. Nine turns, 1.7 miles in length, and... Uh, I know they have fun doing what they do, and I think that's going to be the case today. Going to be fun to watch it all in full, talking about three of the best turn announcers in the business. And uh, setting the stage for all of it into turn number one is Nick Yo. Mark, I've been doing this for 14 years, and uh, for the, one of the very few times, I can honestly say I don't know what to expect today here on the streets of Detroit. This one could be wild. Turn number one is at the end of a very short straightaway. I'm, in fact, nine stories up on top of the River Street parking garage looking down at that very short straightaway that also hugs the pit exit lane. Turn one for the Detroit locals is the intersection of Rivard and Franklin. There's blue and white curving to the inside of that corner, uh, both the inside and the outside painted in red and white with Firestone banners. There is a tire barrier that's been adjusted throughout the course of the weekend, a little bit shallower at corner exit wider towards the entry of the corner. And in that runoff area, there is a ton of rubber that's been laid down. We've been watching drivers pull 180s, spinning those cars back around throughout the course of the weekend and qualifying in practice. I don't think that runoff's going to get used as much when we go racing, but we shall see. When they leave turn number one, it's up Rivard Street. There's a little bit of elevation change. That's unique for street course racing. And then one of the
the most important corners on the racetrack. Turn number two, it's also a 90-degree left-hand turn, but corner X is so important because it leads down a long straightaway, Jefferson Avenue, that leads into the heart of Detroit and sets up one of the best passing points on the racetrack. Turn number three, it's a hairpin, and calling all the action there is Michael Young. Hello, uh, Michael. Good afternoon, Nick Yeoman. Yes, 2,500 feet over eight football fields from turn two to turn three. We'll see them fan out two, three, potentially four wide. It's an extremely wide straightaway and the longest we have on a road and street course of the entire 2023 season. They will make their way to this left-hander, be greeted with a hairpin. About 40 feet wide is this hairpin. The drivers will gear it down, still probably too wide through this hairpin portion of the course. They'll continue either side by side. Hopefully they'll be able to get to single file and they will make a left on what is Griswold Street. They'll come down Jefferson and then go back to the north on Jefferson. So this a very important street for these Detroit uh, Grand Prix way, race weekend. As they make their way back up this street, there actually is a runoff, by the way, that some of the drivers had to use a little bit earlier. But as they make their way back up Jefferson, they'll head to turn four, a very tight corner that will lead into the view of our very own Jake Query. Good afternoon, Thank you so Jake. much, Michael. Thank you so much. As a matter of fact, once they work their way underneath that Chevrolet bridge, all of a sudden they pop into view, and they pop into view oh so quickly because they're setting up for a right-handed turn number four. Roman Grosjean on the back of one of the pace cars right now waves to the fans as he goes through this area. And that area, as he looks at it right now, he might be analyzing the track and saying to himself, you know what, it looks just as narrow now as it does in the race car. That right-handed turn number four, essentially a 90-degree turn, but just when you start to contemplate how hairy that was, you better set up quickly because then you have a left-hander that is turn number five very quickly, thereafter and scott dixon on the back of one of the trucks right now works his way through that turn five area it is bumpy it is a very narrow portion of the racetrack and if for some reason you get side by side and can't make it through you go into the runoff area which then becomes also tricky because that runoff area not necessarily wide enough to spin your car around typically the amr safety team has to help you out then into turn number six kind of a sweeping left-hander of turn Number six, Kyle Kirkwood brushed that area of the wall yesterday. So, Mark, it is a very tough area of the racetrack, this four, five, six combo. Look forward to watching it today and seeing if, in fact, this is an area where somebody gets collected throughout the course of this race. Yeah, I look forward to the call for sure, uh, Jake. And uh, the drivers making their way around this course right now and those uh, Chevrolet trucks after they were introduced to the crowd. They'll all take a lap and then be dispatched back to that pit lane where they will report to the cars and get ready to strap in. We're about, uh, about I don't know, four minutes away from pre-race festivities. Uh, we caught up earlier this weekend uh, with the event chairman, Bud Baker. Actually talked to him last weekend, too, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in anticipation of this event. And as we mentioned, one of the signature portions of this racetrack is that split pit lane. And uh, we asked uh, Bud Baker to talk about the thought process behind setting up this uh, the rather unconventional way to pit cars here at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Well, we didn't have much choice. When you come to an urban environment, the hardest thing to find is a 1,000 feet of pit lane, right? 1,000 feet. We didn't have that here. We had 500 feet. So what do you do? You improvise. You put the cars on the left and cars on the right, and then they're all going to come together gentlemanly. They, they merge so well, these drivers, don't they? No, no, you go. No, no, please, you go. No, you go first, please. Yeah. So that was the idea. We didn't have the room. And uh, we made this happen, and I think so far it's been a very creative, a very interesting, 
And when you have a full field caution with 27 cars coming out, pretty interesting as well. And uh, a lot of these fans, uh, it was free, a free event throughout the course of the weekend. Matter of fact, 80% of the vantage points, they said, were going to be available free of charge. So how do they offset the cost of that? By expanding the hospitality offerings here, somewhere in the range of triple. We asked Bud Dinker where the inspiration came. The idea came from, and they went to a pretty iconic event to get the idea how to set up the hospitality here. You know, this sweet box, I was at the Phoenix Open this year, the Waste Management Open, where they have that massive party on the 13th, uh, the 16th hole at par three. This is the structure that came from that party, and it's 80 feet high. You get luxury furniture in there, sofas, love seats. Just amazing experience. The idea came from that tournament. We wanted to raise the level here to what we have here from Belle Isle. We had 23 suites on Belle Isle. We have 70 here, and they're all sold out. So 5,000 people will be watching this race from these great suites today. And we'll go trackside for pre-race festivities when we come back. There have been five different winners in six NTT IndyCar Series races to start the 2023 season. Marcus Erickson at St. Petersburg, Joseph Newgarden, of course, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Texas Motor Speedway, Kyle Kirkwood at Long Beach, Scott McLaughlin, Barber Motorsports Park, Alex Pillow at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. The record for most different winners of the season is 11, 2000, 2001, 2014. Let's go trackside to get pre-race festivities underway. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the U.S. Army Garrison Detroit Arsenal Color Guard presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as senior pastor of Second Ebenezer Church, Bishop Edgar Van offers today's invocation. May we pray. Dear God, we come before you today with grateful hearts, thanking you for the thrill of speed and the passion for racing that brings us together for this Grand Prix event. We ask for your blessings and your guidance as we embark upon this exciting race. We ask, O oh God, that you protect the, the drivers, their teams, and make them safe as they push themselves to the limits of their abilities. May your presence be felt throughout this event. May all who participate and spectate feel your love and grace. We ask all of these blessings in your name. Amen. Here to perform the Canadian and United States National Anthem are members of the Season 14 America's Got Talent Runners-Up, the Detroit Youth Choir. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love in all of us command with glowing hearts we see thee rise the true north strong and free from far and wide oh canada we stand on guard for thee god keep our land Glorious and free, O oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. 
Today's NTT IndyCar Series starting lineup, presented by Advance Auto Parts. Row 14. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Row 13. Stingray Rob, United States. Jack Harvey, United Kingdom. Row 12. Colton Herta, United States. Helio Castroneves, Brazil. Row 11. Santino Ferrucci, United States. David Malukas, United States. Row 10. Agustin Canapino, Argentina. Benjamin Peterson, Denmark and United States. Row 9. Christian Lundgaard, Denmark. Devlin DeFrancesco, Canada. Row 8. Callum Eilert, United Kingdom. Connor Daly, United States. Row 7. Renis VK, the Netherlands. Alexander Rossi, United States. Row 6. Kyle Kirkwood, United States. Marcus Armstrong, New Zealand. Row 5. Patricio Ward, Monterey, Mexico. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Row 4. Simon Pagenaud, France. Will Power, Australia. Row 3. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Joseph Dugarden, United States. Row 2. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Romain Grosjean, France. On the outside of Row 1. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. And starting on the pole, Alex Below, Spain. Today's starting lineup is presented by Advance Auto Parts, the official checkered flag of the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, welcome back at the bottom of the hour, 3.30 is when the expected green flag will, in just a few minutes, go trackside for the command to start engines. Want to run it over some of the changes that have been made. Always the case with the new venue. 
Uh, the pick commitment line was shortened approximately three feet Friday night into Saturday morning. The line delineating the pit lane for the racetrack was angled about three feet closer to driver's right. Those procedures were explained to the drivers. Additionally, on the other end, a banner was installed at the pit-in attenuator. That increases the visibility. It's bright yellow with the black arrow on it. And uh, also, the pit box lines were repainted blue overnight last night to enhance the visibility. As far as around the course, at turn five, one tire pack has been removed at the exit. And then at six and seven, the barriers have been reprofiled to smooth out the radius. They're doing damage to cars uh, with the slightest bit of contact. They wanted to correct that situation most assuredly. Importantly, though, turn number one, a single row of tires was removed from the turn one exit. And uh, it, it was obvious that that turn was very, very narrow going in. And it's not as though that it's that much wider. However, there is a bit more room to driver's right going into turn one. Well, Indy next to compete it. Doubleheader weekend for them. A rare doubleheader weekend for them. We'll talk about race number two today. We'll hear from those drivers, by the way, during our race. Both winners scheduled to be with us. But uh, Nick Yeoman, as relatively calm as race number two was, uh, race number one was anything but that. Yeah, race one on uh, Saturday was actually quite interesting. Mark, pole sitter Louis Foster got dumped right at the green flag down in turn at number three. That handed the lead over to Reese Gold. Gold could not hold off a strong charge from Nolan Siegel, though. And about halfway through the race, Siegel got a good run on the outside of turn three, took that race lead, and we thought he was well on his way to his first career victory. But then two corners to go on the final lap. Broke a half shaft, limped his way to an eighth place finish. That handed the race win over to Reese Gold. Fast forward to today, Louis Foster back on the pole position, looking for a little redemption. Siegel starting third. Well, Rasmussen, Christian Rasmussen and Louis Foster overshoot the first corner. That hands the lead over to Nolan Siegel. And wouldn't you know it, Mark, Siegel does the rest, leading all 45 laps and route to his first career win. So five races in the books here in 2023 in the Indy by Firestone. And we've had Five different winners. But again, the story is the redemption for Nolan Siegel. Half a lap away from a race win on Saturday. Gets the job done on Sunday. Two very entertaining races here on the streets of Detroit. Yeah, Nick, we'll go back and continue to recap Saturday a little bit because of the two really good storylines. Well, good storyline for that race. You know, obviously a bit disappointment at the finish for Nolan Siegel. But uh, I think that was a pretty popular podium. A couple of drivers that I think are up-and-coming stars got their first podiums. That was a good story on Saturday. Yeah, second step of the podium went to the grandson of Indy 500 winner Parnelli Jones. Jagger Jones got his first career podium finish. Uh, he was really uh, pleased with, with how that day went. And then on the third step of the podium was Ernie Francis Jr. getting his first podium in Indy Next competition. Ernie's really starting to throw uh, some strength. He had a good uh, race today as well, backed it up by uh, having a damaged front wing roaring through the field and coming away with a top 10 finish. So uh, through the first four races, Mark, we had 11 different drivers making up the 12 podium finishers. That changed a little bit today with some of the big contenders like Louis Foster, Christian Rasmussen, and ultimately Nolan Siegel, uh, you know, taking those podium positions as we head to Road America in two weeks. Uh, just a two-point championship lead for Christian Rasmussen over Siegel at about 40 back to third place Hunter McElray. So this championship really starting to uh, take form after what's been a very competitive five races. Yeah, Nick, you know, we talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how 
tight the NTT IndyCar Series championship battle is. The battle at Indy Next is just as tight. And while certainly they had plenty of gaps in their schedule, I think over the next uh, several weeks or so, about the next four to six weeks, that championship could really start to get some separation. Yeah, I think that's probably safe to say. I mean, you're going to see drivers hit that summer stretch. We see so often who shows the strength uh, when we get busy throughout the course of the summer. And I think that's the interesting thing with Indy Next. We're talking about, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds driving these cars. So they don't have a ton of experience, and they're learning on the fly. About half of the field made up of rookie drivers, half veterans. So, uh, Mark, I think we got a good championship shaping up for Indy Next. And, again, they'll next be in action two weeks from today at uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. A couple of quick observations from our turn announcers before we go trackside to the command. Let's go to Michael Young in turn three. And Michael Young, you are surrounded by just a few thousand of your closest friends and neighbors, huh? It is amazing how quickly this venue filled in in just the last 15 minutes or so. A lot of the fans taking advantage of the free area with the front of the uh, straightaway here. They're actually about 15 feet from the racetrack, albeit on the ground level. They will see a lot of action here at the entrance of turn number three, but the grandstands are absolutely packed. It couldn't be a more picture-perfect day as we get set to roll off here on the streets of Detroit. And Jake, query quickly, there is a heck of a buzz around this relative. Well, I mean, it is a brand new event a new circuit for sure not new to detroit but certainly a lot of people very very happy about the fact it's been moved downtown yeah because of the fact that obviously belle isle logistically while it's a beautiful park and became a staple logistically getting on and off the island a little bit different this is right downtown it showcases a fabulous city and a beautiful headquarters of general motors and chevrolet I think people are awfully excited to see racing on the streets of Detroit, Michigan. And we are awfully excited for the start of this event. And it is time to do just that. Let's head trackside to get the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear underway. Race fans around the world and here in Detroit, it's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Here to give the command, please welcome GM Vice President, Global Hardware Components and Subsystems, Michelle Gardner. Drivers, start your engines! All right, the field of 27 roars to life on pit road. Let's check in with our pit reporters, see who and what they will be watching throughout the course of this day. That split pit road going to provide an interesting atmosphere throughout the course of this day. For the first time this weekend, our pleasure to welcome in Georgia Hedeberry. Well, thank you very much. Well, I have my eye on newly crowned 2023 Indianapolis 500 champion, Joseph Newgarden. No one has been able to win the 500 and then back it up with an NTT IndyCar Series win in Detroit. Helio Castroneves is able to do that win both the 500 and Detroit in the same year back in 2001, but Detroit fell two races after the 500 up until 2012. Joseph 15th and 21st in both practice sessions, but will roll off fifth. Time to see if that momentum rolls forward to the streets of Detroit for the Hitachi team Penske of New Garden. Alex Wolf. And on the pit lane on driver's left at pit in. I'll be keeping an eye on the unknown as far as talking to drivers, surveying them. They don't really know what to expect with this dual pit lane. They don't know what to expect. The reds versus the, the greens versus the blacks. whole lot of question marks. We're getting set to get some answers over the next 100 laps as I go across the way to driver's right and Joel Sebastianelli. 
Thanks, Alex. Only two drivers on this side of pit lane made it to the fast six. That's Scott Dixon, who starts fourth, and Marcus Erickson, who starts in the sixth position. Everybody keeps comparing this race before we've even seen it to Nashville and the chaos we've seen there the last two years. Scott Dixon won at Nashville last year, making seven pit stops from 14th. The year before that, Marcus Erickson got airborne, made five pit stops, and he started 18th. So it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that some of the guys over here, like Santino Ferrucci from 22nd, Elio Castroneves starting 23rd, or even Graham Rahal, shotgun on the field, starting 27th, could work their way up through the field and find themselves perhaps even in the mix to win this thing, if not on a good points day, just by virtue of keeping it out of the wall, keeping their nose clean, and winding up all the way near the front. That's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on today, Mark James. Uh, thank you very much. Looking forward to the call. We'll be joined momentarily by our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, who is currently piloting the fastest seat in sports. As we mentioned, open-wheel racing goes back to 1992 here in terms of the IndyCar series and card and the IRL. Bobby Rahal, Danny Sullivan, Paul Tracy among the winners in those days. Last couple of winners include Will Power, Pato Award, Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, and Joseph Newgard. So, certainly some drivers of the field today who've had their share uh, and some measure of success. Below and McLaughlin on the front row, Grosjean and Dixon, row number two, row three, Newgarden and Marcus Erickson. Nick Yeoman, who do you like today as the field uh, works their way around the course, start to get a uh, form up, and about a lap for now, we'll go green. Yeah, really like Scott McLaughlin, Mark, starting on the front row. You think back to all the supercar experience he's has. They've run on a lot of these kind of unique street course races, bouncing around the city streets, getting that car to turn left and right. I think Scott McLaughlin's got a good shot to pick up his second win of the season. Michael Young? Well, it's hard to go against Scott McLaughlin, but I'll have to pick somebody different. I would go with Kyle Kirkwood. And since, well, you picked him, too. So let me just say Alex Pelot, since he's on the pole, I think he can check out. Alex Pelot has been strong this race weekend. He's my pick today. Uh, so, Jake Query, uh, among who's left, who do you like? Yeah, thanks. I would have gone with Pelot because, quite frankly, this feels like the kind of racetrack, if he can let the attrition go behind him. We saw it, Barber. He gets out to a lead, to Michael's point. He can leave the crowd in the dust. But... Based on that, because the others are taken, I'll go ahead and go with Scott Dixon. I like what Joel was saying about the fact that Scott Dixon has experience in winning in races where there is all kinds of attrition and mayhem on bumpy roads. I'll take Dixon to get the win in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's starting in the the 12th position, but just the weekend that he has had, I got to believe by the time we get to the end of this day that uh, Kyle Kirkwood is going to try to find a way to get himself to the front. The only thing that uh, might impede those efforts uh, would, be, would be if he gets caught up in some carnage that is not of his doing. I want to set the starting line up for you one more time in case you're just joining us. Graham Rahal rolls off 27th in row number 13. It's Harvey and Rob. In row number 12, Castro Nevis and Herta. Row 11, David Malukas and Santino Ferrucci. Benjamin Peterson, Augustin Catapino in row number 10. Row 9, Devlin Francesco, Christian Lundgaard. Connor Daly, Callum Eilat will roll off in row number eight. In row number seven, Alexander Rossi and Rita's VK. In row number six, it'll be Armstrong and Kirkwood. Rosenquist and O'Ward in row number five. Will Power, Simon Pagino in row number four. Newgarden Erickson in row number three. Roman Grosjean and Scott Dixon in row number two. Starting on the outside of the front row is Scott McLaughlin, Alex Below is going to roll off on pole today. And Davey Hamilton... 
Uh, the old adage, you can't win it in turn one <laughs> on the first lap, but you can lose it there, huh? Yeah, and it's going to be turn three this time, Mark, because the start, or the start line is going down that back straightaway. And absolutely, that's the saying. You have to get to that turn. And, you know, just getting out of the two-seater right there, leading the fastest seat in sports, it is such a narrow racetrack. I can't stress enough on how difficult it's going to be. But uh, they're going to come around here in a minute. They're going through turn two right now, Mark, getting ready to line up. Yep, setting up uh, for the left-hander, a couple of tight left-handers. And once they clear that area, they'll start to get into formation. We see McLaughlin attempting now off of turn number two to double up and uh, come into formation as we get ready to get the race underway. Michael Young, you'll have a pretty good view of it. Uh, two by two by two as they come off of turn number two. Field a bit disjointed, Michael Young, as they head to the start line. No start, Michael Young. No, but we see it further to the back of the field, Mark. Uh, the, the tail end weren't even able to get themselves too wide. They were strung out single file. I think maybe the first five rows were able to get in rows of two. So very disjointed. Maybe have to do it a little bit quicker this next time around to get us underway here on Detroit's uh, streets. Dick Yeoman, I, I think what's going to be difficult is for all intents and purposes, they're going to need them to start to form up when they come off of turn number nine and they come into your view. Problem is you really got to be mindful of how narrow things are between one and two if you're going to pull that off. That's the thing, Mark. I don't know if you can get cars going two by two at race speed, let alone pace lap speed through turns one and two. So that's why we're seeing them stack up and start to form up out of turn number two. I thought the pace probably a little too quick there out of turn number two. So we'll see if Alex Pelot slows them down a little bit so they can at least get, I would say, half to two-thirds of the field lined up for the green flag. So we, we saw this earlier today, too, in the Indy Next race. They waved off. Off the start. They want to get as many drivers uh, put together at the front. Here comes Alex Pelo, Scott McLaughlin, Mark. They're going to work their way through turn number one. Should be stacking up in those rows of two here momentarily in Detroit. And they are still single file, although now we start to see them to try to get into rows of two. The front row does off of turn number two. We'll see if Pelo woes it up enough to allow the field to get into formation. It looks a little better now. We'll see if the green flag will fly. Yeah, they've sorted themselves out toward the rear of the field. Although there's still some cars coming off of turn number two as the green flag flies and they roar into turn number three. They're two, three wide, and it's Alex Pallone that will lead the field. Ramon Grosjean's got some advantage. Marcus Erickson, the big mover. He nearly has contact with Joseph Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden got contact with Scott Dixon, and we have one of the cars in the tire barrier. That's Callum Eilat. So Eilat's done, but they're green after that. And Ramon Grosjean was able to get in front of Scott McLaughlin for the second position. So the leader is Alex Pelot. He is already into turn number six. Everybody clean and at times too wide through turn number five. The leader, the pole sitter, Alex Pelot into turn number seven. Caution on the course, Davey, with an incident on the opening lap at turn number three. Yeah, just uh, almost expected it. It's too bad. It got, looks like it got on the back of Elio Castroneves' car. Not 100% sure, but I think it's going to ruin his day as well as Zylots. Uh, yeah, you just can't do that. I mean, unfortunately, you just have to baby your way through that corner and try not to take any advantage, good or bad, of that corner get through it. And Eilat just ran right over the back of, and I'm almost sure, oh, it's Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle Kirkwood, unfortunately, one of the fastest cars in every practice session this weekend gets ran over from behind. Well, there goes my favorite early on, uh, Kyle Kirkwood and Joel Sebastianelli. You're on pit road. 
Yeah, the rear wing, guys, has completely come apart. It is severed on the left-hand side. They are going in there with the wrench now to just take that thing apart. It's the only thing holding it on is actually the tether. They said they're doing okay on time over the radio. It looks like there's no damage to the suspension, at least none that I can tell. So they're going to put a new rear wing on it. And assuming that's the only thing they need to do, which, according to the radio, it sounds like the only thing they're... That is, yeah, that is the only thing they're going to need to do. So nothing else on that car. They just told them again, we're good on time. They'll send them back out with a new rear wing here in just a second. And I don't think Kyle Kirkwood is going to lose a lap. Danny Hamilton, you're getting a look yeah. at the replay as we speak. Yeah, 100% on Callum Eilat, unfortunately. I mean, he didn't slow down enough. The whole field was really organized going through. They all had decent uh, space in between them. And here comes Eilat out of nowhere and just plows into the back of Kirkwood, unfortunately. So a two-car incident involving Kyle Kirkwood and the 77 machine of Callum Eilat. Two laps complete here at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Hey, race fans. I'm Santino Frucci. There's only one episode left of 100 Days to Indy. Catch it live this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on The CW. And stream it all six episodes on The CW app. Thanks for listening to the NTT IndyCar Series on the streets of Detroit all across this country on these stations. WKJG in Fort Wayne, Indiana. WLSC in Laura, South Carolina, and KFJB in Marshalltown, Iowa. An update uh, on pit road from Joel Sebastianelli. Couple cars using this caution to lay out, and it's mostly guys who started on the black tires. Devlin D. Francesco is going out on a fresh set of blacks. Colin Herta is going out on black. Herta said we may as well bring Kyle Kirkwood in, so he is gone off of the alternate tires and out onto Black's Graham Rahal doing the same. Update from Pit Road brought to you by Shell, the official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series. An update on the cleanup from Michael Young. Yeah, the AMR IndyCar safety team just got Callum Eilat into the safety vehicle. He'll be back to the medical center, and they just towed his car off. Should be just about ready to pull that off. Hopefully be going green here in a lap or so. Uh, with the exception of that incident, Davey, we did get a couple of looks at the restart, and there's no question there was plenty of contact between those drivers. <laughs> but I think all in all, given the confines of the close quarters racing, everybody seemed to get through turn one relatively clean, and turn yeah, three as well. I, I think so, Mark. I think turn three was going to be, you know, clear sailing. There's a few cars later on. I see Simon Pagano got in the back of, looks like, uh, New Garden, and, but not hard. I mean, and then Dixon, he actually almost got into the back of his own teammate, Plo, but they both made it through the corner. So there was some, there was some touching. There was some banging around a little bit, but nothing to take a car out at this point. Uh, well, uh, there's no question that, 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 that now that uh, we do these restarts single file, you would expect that things to be perhaps a little less chaotic, or do we know? Yeah, for sure less chaotic. Not saying that you're in the clear by any stretch, because there's still going to be those those drivers trying to take advantage of you know any kind of a restart. But it's going to be a lot better. And and you know even there, I think fortunate for some of the drivers in the back of the field, they really didn't get caught up to the back of the field mark before that green came out. And the kind of clear green back there. And another advantage for you know drivers like uh, Ray Hall and Herda, most importantly. They had nothing to lose. Come in, change your tires, put the put the blacks on, and, and go out because they were already in the back of the field anyways. Uh, so uh, to give you an idea, five laps complete. Now most of these under caution. Pelot, Grosjean, McLaughlin, Erickson, and Dick to the top five. Power, Newgarten, Rosenquist, Pagano award the top ten. Armstrong, Rossi, BK, Connor Daly, and Christian Lundgaard. A couple of drivers that moved up at the start. 
Uh, Canapino plus four, Castro Nevis plus four, Jack Harvey plus four, Stingray Rob is plus four, and Christian Lundgaard is plus three. So, Davey, in this terms of this tire stint, uh, how far into it do you think before we start feeling a little bit of tired day? You know, I, I you know I really think it's going to be since it's a shorter track, 1.7 miles. It's going to be that 25 lap range mark. I'm going to guess somewhere in there before maybe even 30 before they really start feeling the effects of wearing those rear tires out. Uh, so six laps complete now, and they go single file into turn number one. Then it's just short little straightaway before they set up for the left hander which is turn number two. And the green flag flies off of turn number two. And Michael Young, the pace quickens as below Grosjean, McLaughlin, Erickson, Dixon hit your way. And Scott McLaughlin will pop to the outside of Ramon Grosjean. It's a drag race down into turn number three. Alex below about a five-car length advantage. McLaughlin will tuck underneath that rear wing of the machine of Ramon Grosjean. Further back, side-by-side, side, the teammates, Erickson and Dixon. Yeah, and that battle is a good one, and Scott Dixon's going to shut that door as they take the right-hander that is turn number four. So put Dixon ahead of Marcus Erickson. Now the rest of the field goes single file through turn number five. Leader still, Alex below about three car lengths in front of Ramon Grosjean, same distance back to Scott McLaughlin. McLaughlin now has third place. He lost second to Ramon Grosjean. So it's below Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, and Erickson. Power, Newgarden, Rosenquist, Pagino, and Award back to Nick Yeoman. On the front straightaway for the first time, it's speed for these drivers. Alex Pillow, he's opened up about a four-car length advantage over Roman Grosjean. Grosjean getting some pressure from Scott McLaughlin to that battle for second. Then it's Scott Dixon watching them as they streak to the left-hander of turn number two. Up front, Alex Pillow, nice and smooth, streaking away Michael Young with the race lead. Just what Alex Pillow wanted to see, a clean green racetrack in that green ridgeline car. Already opened up a ten-car length advantage. The field single file all the way through three. Grosjean, then McLaughlin, Dixon, and the top five of Marcus Erickson will power and chase as well. Ramon Grosjean, this is the area of the racetrack entering turn four where he was able to take that second spot away from Scott McLaughlin. McLaughlin would like to try to make balance back on that this time by. Can't do so. Alex Polo, the leader, starting to extend that lead through turn number six. Off of seven and eight, got our eyes on the battle for the seventh position. That's your Indy 500 champion, Joseph Newgarden. He is being stalked by Felix Rose. Rosequist, Simon Pagino, Pato Award all also trying to keep pace. Back up front is Pelot, Grosjean, McLaughlin, but Nick pick up that battle between Newgarden and Rosequist. Yeah, Newgarden, of course, uh, got a little contact during that opening lap incident. His advantage over Felix Rosenquist is about two car lengths. Rosenquist car steps sideways in corner exit of turn number one. Then it's Simon Pagino. Pagino about two car lengths behind Rosenquist. They're all accelerating down Jefferson Avenue. And for Alex Pelot, about a second and a half advantage over Ramon Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, and Marcus Erickson. Then Will Power comes into that, and then we'll talk about that battle. It's Joseph Newgarden, Felix Rosenquist. Simon Pagano, they streaked their way out of the hairpin. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden had a plenty busy first lap, and right now Rosenquist right on again his heels. Newgarden in seventh. He's got his teammate Will Power just in front of him, but Alex Pelot is starting to really check out now. Works his way into turn number eight. Callum Bailon has been uh, given the look-see and release from the infield care center. He is being listed as 27th in this race. The Pelot uh, lead has grown to 2.5 seconds now over Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, Erickson trying to keep pace. Will Powers got a bit of a gap, but again, Newgarden, Rosenquist, Dick Yeoman, it stays good. That's the battle for seven. 
Yeah, separated by just one car length. Rosenquist tries to dart his way to the inside of that turn one corner. Not close enough to challenge Joseph Newgarden. Now the exit of turn number two. They stay locked together. It's about a two, making a three car length advantage. The Indy 500 champion holding off the Swede, Felix Rosenquist, Michael. The top five already clearing this hairpin. Will Powers right there. Let's see Felix Rosenquist. Can he get around? This is the battle for that seventh position. He'll swing wide of Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden back in the throttle quickly. Yeah, so Rosenquist. Rosenquist is right there. As a matter of fact, looks like he wants to pounce, try to get inside of Newgarden on turn four. Track too narrow. Newgarden able to shut that door. Sets up now the lefty. Turn number five. Joseph Newgarden holds the position of that Hitachi machine, but Felix Rosenquist is right there on his rear wing. And uh, the patience of Felix Rosenquist being tested a bit by Joseph Newgarden, baby. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, right now, you just wait. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Maybe into a mistake, a small mistake. But the key thing is make sure you save those tires. We talked about that in the Indy next race. You have to save these tires. Try to make it to your first stint. Meanwhile, Pelot, he is absolutely checked out over Grosjean. So those cars are obviously really fast. No pressure back there. But that's the first real race with Rosenquist and Newgarden. Uh, Michael Young, Will Power, looks like he's starting to find some pace. He's starting to pull up on Marcus Erickson. That would be the battle for fifth. Yeah, Will Power actually looking really good. Marcus Erickson, after battling with Scott Dixon, has fallen back about two car legs. Power is there. And now Felix Rosenquist tries to swing to the outside of Joseph Newgarden. Their nose to tail into four. So we'll see what happens. Rosenquist bobbled a little bit entering turn number four. That allowed Newgarden to hold off through four. Newgarden got a little wide entering turn number five, but Rosenquist not going to try to go to the inside of him. Joseph Newgarden trying to hold off Felix Rosenquist. And Rosenquist continues to just wear out the mirrors of Joseph Newgarden now off of turn number eight, starting to set up for turn number eight, we should say. He stays right there in the tire tracks. Simon Pagino, Pato Award would like to get up there and play. They can't do it just yet. So Nick Yeoman, that's a good battle. It continues. Newgarden-Rosenquist the battle for seven. It is. Probably the best battle inside the top ten. Rosenquist all about trying to get a good corner exit out of turn number two as he chases after Joseph Newgarden. He may have it here. He's within a couple car lengths. Rosenquist on the attack looking for seven. Felix Rosenquist will pop to the outside of Joseph Newgarden. They're side by side. Drag racing down into turn number three. Newgarden will break a little bit later. The two will make their way through the hairpin and Felix Rosenquist will try the under over under but will be unsuccessful. So Newgarden able to hold off into turn number four for another circuit by. Rosenquist surely knows this is an area of the racetrack where patience is a virtue. Right on the rear wing of Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden now that lefty sweeping left-handed turn that is turn number six. And he does it with Felix Rosenquist magnetized to the rear wing. Maybe not saying that Joseph squeezed him, but he didn't give him a lot of room to the high side. He certainly made Rosenquist take the long way through that corner. Yeah, he sure did. I think Newgarden knows if you're going to get past, it's going to be in that corner. We watched Scott Dixon run that high line around turn three, and if you can stay side-by-side side with him, really gives you advantage for turn four, meaning you're on the inside of that one lane, one group racetrack into turn four. Rosenquist tried to do the crossover. It didn't work, so we'll see what he can do this time by. Twelve laps complete. Pelo, Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, Erickson, the top five. Will Power starting to work on Marcus Erickson again, Michael Young. And he'll duck to the inside. He will have position on Marcus Erickson. He will give up that spot, and Felix Rosenquist will go around Joseph Newgarden as well. So a couple of changes taking place here as Will Power gets in front of Erickson. Then you all of a sudden have Felix Rosenquist now, the next in line with Newgarden just behind 
behind him. That's the way they run right now. Power, Erickson, Rosenquist, and Newgard. Uh, 13 laps complete this time by Davey. Do these drivers and teams have a good idea now what that tire deck's like if they're about halfway through the run? Yeah, I think so. With a lot of yellow flags. I think the tires are still good. It looks to me, though, like the, the Penske car of Newgarden, it may be, you know, the tires may be getting wore out on that more so than power. We see power come forward and Newgarden go back on the same lap. I uh, want to give you a full field rundown now with 13 laps complete. Alex Below is your leader by 5.8 seconds over Roman Grosjean. Scott McLaughlin is third. Dixon is fourth. Power is fifth. Erickson sixth. Rosenquist seventh. 8th is Newgarden, ninth Award, 10th Pagano, 11th is Rossi, Armstrong is 12th, 13th BK, 14th Daly, 15th Lundgaard. Canapino, 16th, 17th Peterson, 18th Malukas, 19th Ferrucci, 20th Harvey, 21st Deserta, 22nd DeFrancesco, 23rd Kirkwood, 24th Rob, 25th Rahal, 26th Castro Davis, Callum Bylot listed as 27th and out of the race to Georgia Henneberry on pit road. Well, as Joseph Newgarden made the pass, he was silent on the radio, but as he got passed back, he told his team, I'm not going to fight too hard just yet. His team came back with a, that's right, be smart. Yeah, be smart indeed, Davey, and that kind of echoes what we talked about yeah. early on. You might as well be smart over the long haul of this one, huh? Yeah, you might as well. And you got to remember, he just won the Indy 500 last week by being smart. He was in the back of the field or middle mid-back most of the day. But when it came right down to then, when it's time to try to race for the money, he was out front, so that's the same thing. You have to have a car in good condition to try to win these races. He's still in ninth position, although 15 seconds back of Pelot. Now, I think where the action is going to happen at this point on is going to be pit stops. Just see how everybody's going to handle the pit stops and how they're going to come out on the racetrack, and it's going to get mixed up here in just a little while. Michael Young, a change for seventh involving Pato Award. Yeah, Pato Award got around Marcus Erickson, and Pato also got around Joseph Newgarden, so Erickson and Newgarden, the two cars, tumbling through this field in this first stint. Pata Award now on the move a little bit, but again, how much of that is trying to preserve tires for others, or how much of it is go time? That remains to be seen. The go time mark in reality is Alex Pelot, who has checked out on the field. And again, he has checked out, Davey. 6.8 seconds to lead. He's got, uh, let's see, Rojan has a lead of a couple of seconds over Scott McLaughlin. Are you a little surprised that we have this kind of gap, considering this is only 1.7 miles in length? Yeah, yes and no. Yes, because it is a short racetrack, but no, just because this track is so technical and your car has to be right. And you can make up so much time, as we see, it looks like uh, Lundgaard coming in for his first stop under green. But yeah, absolutely, it's... uh, it's a big lead for sure this early in the race, but man, his car seems to be balanced. Obviously, he started on the pole for a reason, and uh, right now, we got Lungard in the pitch just leaving. Uh, yeah, Davey, so uh, again, for some of these teams, we, we've reached about the 15-lap segment of this race, and uh, it, it's clear that they are ready uh, to come onto pit road and, and, and put that tire strategy to work. Below, Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, and Power. And then Rosenquist, Award, Erickson, Rossi, Newgarden, the top ten here at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Time now to check it out. Pit lane with the race engineer. Here's Joel Sebastianelli with the HPD engineering update. That's right. I'm with Wayne Gross, the trackside manager. I know you guys are excited to be here on these streets of Detroit. Five of the top eight in qualifying from Honda. How big a deal is it for Honda to perform here? Yeah, it's awesome. I think, uh, you know, happy to be back down here in uh, the streets of Detroit. Uh, you know, Penske and everyone's put on a great, a great, a great atmosphere, a great show. Um, 
I think, yeah, five in the top eight, having a, a pull with Pelot, two in a row for him, and I think that's six of seven for us so far this year. So it's been uh, it's been a great uh, been great so far. We just watched Marcus Erickson come in one lap ago. He's a Honda driver. He just went out on a fresh set of blacks. We appreciate your time. That's the HPD Engineering Update. Uh, thank you very much, Joel and Davey Hamilton. While we were away, some closed quarters <laughs> racing uh, between Santino Ferrucci, Colt, and Herta, and we also see that Will Power seems to have a really fast race car. He, he does. He's on the black sander tires, making making hay right now. Went by Scott Dixon, puts himself in that fourth spot, but you're right. Ferrucci and Herta. That was uh, interesting. As they continued to move up the field, Herta now 15th, and Ferrucci, oh, Ferrucci actually just pitted that time by, so took an early pit stop, tried to get off those tires, but they were rubbing and, and rubbing and racing down there in turn three. Yeah, and you're seeing some of those drivers, you know, Marcus Erickson, for instance, Davey, came in on lap 16, so we expect at this stage of the race, as we start to do the math and you start working backward, you think that, uh, that this thing could get really interesting in terms of the pit strategy. Yeah, you know, the, the pit window is actually open right now. You're right, Mark. I mean, I, I, I kind of put it at lap 20 uh, where that pit window is open. But, you know, they saved a little bit of fuel early on in this race. Quick stops because the tanks are still fairly full. But you can come in right now and make that two-stopper work with the pit window the way it is. Getting ready to come up on 20 laps complete. Below, Grosjean, McLaughlin, Power, Dixon, the top five. Rosenquist, Award, Rossi, Newgarden, and Armstrong, the 10th, Michael Young. Now, Will Power just powered his way around his teammate, Scott McLaughlin. That's the battle for third. Will Power on the move. Will Power has now in his sights the second-place running Romain Grosjean, and in reality, that sight is very close. So Will Power now trying to get distance from his teammate, Scott McLaughlin, through turn number five, trying to reel in Romain Grosjean through turn number six. Right now, he's got about five car lengths to make up. Yeah, we thought Grosjean was comfortable, but uh, that comfort level may start to evaporate very, very soon, Nick Yeoman, uh, because as you'll see by the time that they get back to you, that uh, the power is coming along with Scott McLaughlin. Well, and the issue for Roman Grosjean, he is stuck behind the lap car of Stingray Rum. Now, Stingray's got fresher tires, but the pace isn't there. So the advantage for Grosjean right now, Michael, is about eight car lengths, but Will Power is charging. Now, for Roman Grosjean, just trying to get around the Stingray Rob car has been an issue. He'll swing to the outside, and Stingray Rob breaks a little bit later, but Will Power is there. This is the battle for second. Grosjean on those used Wale Green, softer tires of Will Power coming hard through turn number four. Yeah, and Will Power, of course, on those primary black Firestone Firehawks. So will it give him more grip in the turn at number four? Now Grosjean has to check just a little bit through turn number five. But again, Will Power not able to make the move just yet. They work their way now through turn number six. Yeah, pretty much a single file portion of the racetrack. And Will Power gets a really nice run as he comes off of turn number seven. They'll climb on the binders, make the left-hander. Again, a series of left-handers that going back to the right, headed their way. Will Power is now pulled right up on the rear of Roman Grosjean. He is right there. It's about three car lengths. He'll close within one, putting the pressure on Grosjean on that yellow DHL car through turn number one. They'll go back uphill to the left-hander of turn number two at corner exit. It's about two car lengths. Grosjean got a nice run, but power right on his heels. Michael headed down to three. The Frenchman trying to hold off the Aussie again. The Stingray Rob machine is between the two. Power will pop to the outside, but Grosjean doesn't want to give that position up, but power will make that move and try to get around Stingray Rob as well. They exit the So as they work their way now, setting up for turn number four, Power has Grosjean behind him. It is Rob 
just in front of him. Working their way now through four and five. Single file area of the racetrack. Power gets down low into turn number five. Starts to pull away just a little bit from Grosjean as he works his way now. That long sweeping left-hander of turn number six. Now complete 22 laps this time by Palo, Power, Grosjean, McLaughlin, Dixon, the top five. Rosenquist, Award, Rossi, Newgarden, and Armstrong, the top ten. To Joel Sebastianelli on pit lane with Indy next by Firestone winner. I don't think you could ask for a more exciting weekend of races than what we saw in Indy Next. Let's start with Reese Gold. You broke through for your first win. You saw it slip away, and then it came back to you. How big a deal was it to get it coming out of the final quarter? Yeah, it was definitely a hectic way to get my first win, but just super happy with the result, you know. Either way, it was going to be a good finish, but to get the win was awesome and get some good points. So thanks to everyone at HMD Motorsports and the Ticket Clinic, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. All right, congratulations to you, and congratulations, Nolan Siegel. You get your first win, too. The one that came away came right back to you. It made it a little extra sweet, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, we've been waiting a long time for this. Everyone's been working super hard, so to have it slip away was was tough yesterday, but um, to come away with the win today was incredible, and, and just super happy to, to finally get that one off our back, and I think that there are a few more coming our way, for sure. Right in the thick of the fight. We'll see you guys back in two weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's go to uh, further up pit road. Check in with Alex Wolf. Well, really the three runners in my section. You have Alex Pillow right now. Nice and smooth as he's being updated on the gap to the competition. Then you have Felix Rosequist and Will Power. They're both happy with their cars. They're both being told they're getting a good fuel number. And they're being reminded about who's around them and what tire compound they're on with those varying strategies. So everybody riding around trying to just log some laps, hit a fuel number, and get ready for that first trip to pit lane. Georgia. Willpower on a move to the front, but as he made the pass around teammate Scott McLaughlin, Scott came over the radio and told the team, we are losing it on the left side just a little bit. His team said, you're doing a great job, but you can expect to see the number three pitting before long. Updates of Pit Road brought to you by Shell, the official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series at Davy. While certainly Alex Pillow, maybe even Will Power, are pretty comfortable from Grosjano back, not so much, huh? It's not so much. Right now, navigating around Stingray Rob, right now, kind of holding up the pack. They just need to get by him clean, and they're going to probably catch up as we see Scott Dixon peel off into the pitch right now. Mark that number of the green tires, about 15 laps. Uh, let's go to Pit Road, check out with Joel. Scott Dixon is on his way in for his first pit stop. Hits his marks cleanly. Coming off of the black tires, or excuse me, off of the green tires and onto the blacks. Nice splash of fuel, and he's out 8.2 seconds. Good stop for the Wolfpack. We pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Early race issue for Kyle for for Kyle Kirkwood, and let's check in with Jake Query, who says Kyle Kirkwood is on the move. Yeah, Kyle Kirkwood has absolutely kind of knifed his way through, made very quick work of Devlin DeFrancesco last couple of laps by David Malukas as well. At one point, was able to take on two cars, make a move going into turn number four. Keep in mind, he had to come in because of that early incident. They went ahead and changed the tires. A little bit fresher rubber for Kyle Kirkwood. He's trying his hardest to get back up into that top ten. And just how fast is Alex below Davey Hamilton? He's poised to put Jack Harvey running in 24th the lap down. 
Yeah, he's just flying right now, and you know he's he's the guy right now to as far as uh, be, being the guy to beat. But marbles are starting to generate on this back straightaway. A lot of these green tires coming apart, Crete marbles. So that's going to be interesting. The another thing advantage, and we talked about Kirkwood and Herta came in early, got off those green tires, put the standard black tires on. They're going to be able to use those for the rest of the race, where some of these teams still have to go through the green tire allotment that they have to run, and that's going to make them fall back. But uh, the ones on greens right now that started, I think it's an advantage. They're pulled out a big lead. Set power. I mean, we've got to watch for power. He's on those standard black tires. He has to go to greens eventually. And again, what it boils down to, Davey, is just how you chose to line these tires out whether you want to start on the primaries or the alternates, and where, if whatever you start on, how you're going to uh, kind of rotate in the other tires and the other compounds as the race progresses. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, it looks to me like Power is going to go as long as he can on these black tires, and then more than likely, I'm going to guess, that he's going to go black again, Mark, and try to make the last stint his shortest and use those green tires at the end, which he'll be fast for about 10, 12 laps. By lap 15, it seems like everybody's green softer tires were falling off and so if you could survive that last stint make it the shortest one power may have some up his sleeve so right now davy we've got Palo, power grosjean mclaughlin rosenquist the top five then award rossi newgarden armstrong Redis vk and augustin catapino through 11th none of those drivers have stopped yet None of them have stopped yet, and you're going to have to look at something as the, the gap between them. Obviously, Palo has got a five-second gap, which he had more than that. Power's closing that in. But you get down to that eight spot, that's Newgarden. He's 22 seconds back, and then 25 seconds for Armstrong and ninth. Pretty big gap. Hard to make that up without a little bit of help. That help means, you know, I'm not going to say what it means or what it's going to take, but because ho- hopefully it won't come out. But right now, it's going to be hard to make that up no matter what tire you're on. Uh, we have dialed in now uh, on a pretty good battle for the third position. It's Roman Grosjean and Scott McLaughlin, and it is working its way off of turn number two as we speak. And so it, this is the battle for the third position, Michael Young, as it comes into your view. Yeah, you could say, or Davey just said, that uh, Will Powers catching Alex Palou, but the battle for third starts to ensue. Scott McLaughlin closes in on the rear wing of Ramon Grosjean. Felix Rosenquist is there as well. Third, fourth, and fifth running nose to tail. These two have plenty of history already this season. Talking about Ramon Grosjean and Scott McLaughlin. Third place running Grosjean in that DHL machine. Works his way now through turn four and five. Rosenquist has gotten right there to make that a three-car battle out of turn number five. Quick update from Pit Road with Alex Wolf. First driver in the top ten to come in here on driver's left. It was Marcus Armstrong for Chip Ganassi Racing. Took off the alternate greens, put out in the primary blacks. A smooth pit stop for the 11 car. And Grosjean overshot the turn, Davey Hamilton, before he got to the final turn. He was headed to pit road, but he went into the runoff area instead, costing himself precious seconds. Yeah, one thing you have to do is you got to fight to get a pit lane. Go fast. Make up as much time as you can. Went over it. He went through the runoff. Did, he spun around quickly. Didn't cost him a lot of time, but unfortunately, there's a couple spots on the racetrack. Let's go to pit road. Check in with Joel. Joel? So, Alex Below, Power, McLaughlin, Rosenquist award the top five. Rossi, Newgarden, BK, BK Canapino, and Dixon to Georgia. Roman Grosjean made it to his pit. The greens came off and four Firestone Blacks went on. He got a splash of fuel and he was down and away. It was good. Pit stop by the 28 crew. Again, below power, McLaughlin, Rosenquist, and award the top five. Michael Young, you say things are heating up up front. 
Certainly is. That last time by, Will Power really rolled through the turn three area, closing in on Alex Pillow. I would imagine in a lap or so, if Pillow doesn't come in and change those greens, Will Power may take the lead of this thing. And indeed, Pillow's on pit lane. Yeah, he is on pit road now. Alex? He's on pit lane, took off the greens, put on the blacks, got a new, new tear off, 18 and a half to shell fuel in, and he's down and away. Georgian. On the trend down on this side of pit lane as well. The greens came off. The blacks went on a splash of fuel, and he's off. Uh, so now, Davey, we're waiting on power. Rosenquist, Award, Rossi, and Newgarden. BK also among the front runners who have yet to stop. Yeah, I see them coming very momentarily. I I was thinking they're going to be in the lap 33 range, is my guess. Lap 33 would give them a nice, you know, steady split the race up into thirds, actually. So we'll see. And hopefully, like, power could go beyond that. Maybe get just a little bit more than that. So if he goes to those greens at the very end, it's a shorter stint. McLaughlin-Dixon, that was a good battle for a while, but it looks like Dixon's going to grab the spot. Michael, or is he? No, not yet. Scott Dixon moves to the inside there through turn number four. McLaughlin in pursuit. Boy, McLaughlin wanted to make that move going into turn number four, but Dixon said, no, I don't think so. So Kiwi on Kiwi here. Scott Dixon with Scott McLaughlin just behind him. Right now, Dixon about a car length and a half advantage. That is the battle for the eighth position now as those two continue to slug it out. Scott Dixon looks a bit more comfortable. Colton Herta is trying to get himself into that battle. That's a pretty good one, but Scott Dixon pulls away, Nick Yeoman, into your view. Yeah, Colton Herta has struggled in qualifying. He's now putting the pressure on Scott McLaughlin. Dixon opens up about a six-car length advantage. Then it's Scott McLaughlin, a car length back to Colton Herta. Herta charging out of turn number two, trying to run down Scott McLaughlin, Michael, down Jefferson Avenue. It's been a great battle this entire afternoon thus far. Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, Colton Herta, but McLaughlin McLaughlin lost ground that time through as Scott Dixon has about a four-car length advantage over McLaughlin. But, Jake, here comes Colton Herta on the rear wing of McLaughlin. Yeah, Herta is going to try to make a move on that Gallagher machine, but Scott McLaughlin's able to seal it as they take that right-hander and then set up again for a quick left-hander. Herta, as a matter of fact, on that straight-line speed and that short jot might have dropped back just a little bit. All of this happening while Scott Dixon, Mark, he's gotten himself a little more comfortable over this battle. 31 laps complete. Power, Rosenquist, Award, Rossi, and Newgard in the top five, but they have yet to make their first stop at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Hey, race fans, I'm Colton Herta. There's only one episode left of 100 Days to Indy. Catch it live this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on The CW and stream all six episodes on The CW app. Top five deciding enough is enough. They come to pit road. Joseph Newgarden of Georgia is there. Well, the trend continues. The greens come on. The blacks come off just a lap later. Then his teammate, Scott McLaughlin, but a little bit of a longer fuel stop for Joseph. We want to thank McAllister's Deli for providing lunch to IndyCar Radio today. McAllister's has a fresh new app and bigger, better, sweeter rewards. Talking 10 points for every dollar. Free tea and sign up. And just because treats had the best part, you choose where and when. To use your points, download the McAllister's app, sign up, and start earning today. Learn more at McAllister'sDeli.com slash reward. And, Davey, you and I got to look at our multi-screen monitor at a very dirty racetrack here in Detroit. Yeah, very dirty as we see power coming in right now. Let's get power stop and talk about it, Mark. Go ahead, Alex. Will power in. The green tires come on. The black tires go up. A little bit of time waiting for the fuel, and he is down and away. And it looks like the alternate compounds go on the car of Will Power and Davey. That is a fast race car. He was able to go high, go low, and improve his position throughout the afternoon. 
Yeah, Nick Gilman, wait a minute. Nick Gilman, right track race off at turn number one, Nick. I'll tell you what, that's a great pit stop by Verizon Team Penske because he was drag racing Alex Pelot down into turn number one. Now, Pelot's got the hotter tires. He's going to gap Will Power, but Michael, this may develop into a race here in the next couple laps. Now, remember, Alex Pelot is on those harder black tires. Will Power on the quicker greens. Here they come into turn number three. Five car length advantage. Alex Pelot over Will Power. This will be the de facto lead once this rest of the pit cycles through. And Pelot's trying his hardest to get separation once they go into that area that is essentially a no-pass zone of four and five. Got about an eight-car length advantage he does right now. Talking about the green machine of Alex Pelot, and then as he sweeps through turn number six, he exits it just as Will Power hits the apex of the turn. That looks like he's gaining a little bit of measure since they came off of pit road. There's no question that the grip level is up a little higher for Alex Pelot. He comes off of turn number nine, Nick Gilman, and the gap is continuing to grow. Yeah, Will Power is going to take a lap or two to get some heat in those Firestone tires. But again, just amazing that it was even that close at pit exit, especially with the pace that Alex Pelot has been laying down. But this has been a great lap for uh, for Alex Pelot. He's opened up a 12-car length advantage, Michael. The McLarens have come to pit lane, and for Alex Pelot, has got about an 8-car length advantage over Power. Let's go to pit lane and Alex Wolf. Well, Pato Ward had come in. Alexander Rossi was right behind him. A little bit of trouble, almost a collision. And then it looked like the five car balked a little bit and has slowed and come to a complete stop at pit out. And the crew is trying to get their Errol McLaren. They got the quick jack under it. They had put the alternate green tires on and they're trying to pull him back. A disastrous pit stop for Pato Ward. Boy, Davey, that's a guy that it was solidly in the top ten and looking to get into the top five and had a pretty clean pit stop until it all came unraveled for you. Ooh, all came under, yeah, bad. Actually led one lap before that pit stop. Watched it right here in front of me. Rosenquist almost got in the back of him coming out of the pits. They left at the same time, and all of a sudden it was like his car was going and then just stalled way down towards the end of pit lane, so not sure what happened. Whether it's a tire loose or if he just stalled, I can't figure it out. Last one to stop in this particular circuit of stops is Renus VK, Joel. No adjustments for Renus VK going from the primaries onto the alternate praised profusely on the radio. Great job, great job. Now go get him. Uh, so Davey saying things cycle back through now. It's below Power, Dixon, Rosequist, and Rossi, the top five. McLaughlin, Herta, Kirkwood, Grosjean, and D. Francesco. Although we might make mention, Colton Herta, Kyle Kirkwood last stopped on lap number four. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to come in and stop here, really, really in short order. And and Power right now needs to make hay. He needs to get that thing going, get those green tires, take advantage of them early on. Try to get by Pelo because we know. He's going to slow down about lap 15, and Plo's going to have the faster tires as we see Pato Ward finally get that car fired up out, uh, get on the track. He's going to be a lap or two down. Uh, so, again, it's below Power, Dixon, Rosenquist, and Rossi, the top five. McLaughlin, Herta, Kirkwood, Grosjean, Francesco, the top ten. Erickson, 11th. Armstrong is 12th. Lucas is 13th. Renas VK is 14th. Joseph Dugarden is 15th. Lundgaard, 16th. Ray Hall, 17th. Catapino, 18th. Daily 19th, Elio Castro Neves in the 20th position. We'll finish the rundown after we check in with Joel. Kyle Kirkwood pitting from eighth. No adjustments from him either. He'll go out blacks to blacks in eight and a half seconds. Santino Ferrucci in the 21st position. Simon Pagino 22nd. Jack Harvey 23rd. 24th is Peterson. Stingray Rob 25th. He is a lap down. Pato Award is currently in 26th, just re-entered after stalling and coming off the pit road. Calum Eilat is out of the race in 27th. 
Colton Herta, Davey, it's not been a good weekend for him, but a good day is unfolding for Colton Herta. He's plus 17. Yeah, absolutely. We got, I seen it coming. You know, I mean, obviously fast on these kind of courses. Got into the wall during qualifying, had to start towards the back. But then what happens? That yellow comes out. He's able to pit early, get rid of those green, softer tires. He's going to – him and Kirkwood both are on that same strategy. Watch for them at the end. And by the way, yes, a left – I'm sorry, yeah, left rear tire was loose on Pato Awards car. When he left, they got him to stop a way down pit lane, and they got it back on. They checked out uh, left rear tire out, got it back on put him a couple laps down. Alex, more on that? That's right. They took that tire off and put it back on, like Davey said. And then they had some extra trouble, similar to what we saw yesterday morning during practice for Joseph Newgarden. Looked to be a little bit of trouble at the starter, trying to get that car fired up. They had a second one there, if need be. And after that, they were able to get him underway. And uh, we're looking at a battle for the sixth position into turn number three, uh, Michael Young. They've already made their way through, but it's Scott McLaughlin and Colton Herta. Jake, take a look at that battle. They're nose to tail, making their way through five and six. Yeah, setting up for four really looked like Herta might be able to draw a bead on McLaughlin. Then McLaughlin was a little bit quicker through that four-five interchange. As a result, gets himself a little bit of breathing room up turn number six. Yeah, we're watching uh, Erickson and Armstrong just behind them. That's the battle for the ninth position. That, too, is a pretty good battle. And we see Colton Herta is coming on to pit road, Georgia. Colton Herta making his second pit stop of the day for Firestone. Black tires coming off four, going back on. He pit it on lap four. And left He's down and away. And uh, pick up that battle between Marcus Armstrong and Marcus Erickson. Uh, Nick Gilman and Rose in the turn number one. Yeah, a pair of Chip Ganassi teammates, the red and white of that Husky Ice Spritz car for Marcus Erickson. The advantage is only about three car lengths over the younger driver, Armstrong. Good charge, Michael, down into turn number three. Yeah, they've commenced it about crash in the last four or five. Five laps. Marcus Armstrong's trying to get around his teammate, Marcus Erickson. Armstrong takes a look at the inside. Oh, he nearly barreled into the back wing of Marcus Erickson, but Marcus Armstrong keeps off. He'll lose about three car lengths. Now, again, this is the battle for eighth. Marcus Erickson in car number eight holds on to it as Marcus Armstrong, his teammate, just behind him as they work their way through four and five. Starts to settle itself out now. Working their way now, that left, thing, that left sweep of turn six. Nick Yeoman, a moment for Santino Ferrucci in front of you. Yeah, he's the first driver of the day to overcook it down here into turn number one. He was trying to make a passing attempt. Just carried a little bit too much speed. That's what the runoff areas are for. Did a quick 180 and rejoined after getting passed by about five or six cars. Yeah, he dropped. He drops down, uh, Davey, to the 24th position. And, uh, boy, they were hoping for uh, uh, some positive momentum to carry him through uh, a fabulous month of May. But it's been a struggle for them this weekend. Yeah, it really has, Mark. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about this before. They had such a great car at Indianapolis. The engineer, you know, Cannon's been there before, had a great run. But this is all about shocks. The dampers have to be perfect on these street courses, these bumpy courses. And Cannon said, we're developing that damper. We're developing that shock, but it's just we don't have it ready yet. So they just have to survive these courses until they get that damper ready. Uh, we're watching Erickson and Armstrong, Jake. That continues to be a pretty good battle. They've got a slower car that's kind of impeding their progress. Yes, yeah, they work their way. And again, once you get into this area, lefty of four, or excuse me, righty of four, then a lefty of five, you kind of have to single file out. But then you get a long sweep of turn six out of that. Might be a passing area there. Still holding serve right now 
are those two cars. I believe that may be Stingray Robin in front of them. Not sure. But the two Marcuses still kind of magnetized to one another now along the main street. And they make their way off of turn number two now. Off of turn number two. Starting to set up for that long back straightaway. So, Michael Young, that is the battle for the eighth position. It's Marcus Erickson, Marcus Armstrong headed your way. Yeah, we have the machine of Ramon Grosjean at seventh, a good distance away. Marcus Erickson trying to get around Stingray Rob. He will do so. Stingray not giving up the ghost, though, as Marcus Armstrong tries to get on that rear wing of Stingray Rob, unable to get around. Yeah, so now all of a sudden, Marcus Erickson has himself a buffer. Marcus Armstrong now trying to get around Stingray Rob, and Rob's actually going to kind of keep that door shut as they work their way into turn number five. This is allowed for Marcus Erickson in car number eight to get himself some plenty of distance between himself and his teammate. Got to be a level of frustration there, Davey, when you get impeded by a slower car. Yeah, it really is, you know, and right now, I, on, on Stingray's side, just a tough day for him right now. He just needs to finish this race, though, get all the laps that he can, get all the experience, but when those faster cars are coming, just be the polite guy, pull over, let him go. You're, you're not on the same lap with him, you're not racing with him, so just try to let, let get by and just finish this race. An interesting scenario is under full, uh, is uh, is unfolding in front of us. We'll talk about that in a moment. First, we need to check in with Dick Yeoman. Uh, I wonder if we're seeing the same thing, Mark. What it have to do with the race leader, Alex Below, yes, the does. last couple times? <laughs> yeah, you've noticed the same thing. Good eye, partner. He is stuck in lap traffic. Last couple times by, he's been stuck behind Santino Ferrucci and Pato Award and not making up any ground, waiting for him to uh, buzz by here on the front straightaway. Now he comes by, and it looks like he's got around Alex below or uh, around the 14 car, but Mark, sounds like we've got bigger issues on the track. Yes, we do, Davey Hamilton. Uh, those yep. three, uh, it, they, they weren't playing nice with one another. It looks like Pato Award is the big loser in that in his effort to get his lap back. Yeah, just trying to get that lap back, just frustrated probably, I'm sure, in that cockpit, uh, knowing that he was running up front, him and Frucci running together. He shoots underneath uh, Frucci. That's a, that's a Pato Award move. I hate to say it. Drive underneath somebody, and, and he went to bank off of him, but Frucci slowed down, didn't hit him, just let him drive right into the wind. Just drove in himself, just completely on his own. And like I said, his move is you go underneath somebody, you use him for a, a bumper to get around the corner, and Frucci got out of the brakes, didn't allow that to happen. He just drove in the fence all by himself. 43 laps complete below. Power, Dixon, Rosenquist, and Rossi, the top five here at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. The 107th Indy 500 is in the books. Now you can own your own audio copy. Go to IMS.com and search for historical race broadcasts. This year's race and other classics from almost 75 years of our radio archives are available to purchase. Again, go to IMS.com to own a piece of radio history. And, Davey, the timing of this at lap 45, your top 10, by the way, below Power Dixon, Rosenquist, Rossi, McLaughlin, Grosjean, Erickson, Armstrong, and BK. You say that not advantageous necessarily for anyone in terms of the pit strategy. Yeah, it really isn't. Now, one thing that some of these drivers might be able to do, but you're going to lose track position, is get off the green, softer tires. Now, I see Malukas and Rahal in the back of this field right now running 21st to 22nd. Yeah, why not? Come in, get rid of those tires, just so you have blacks for the rest of the time, because those are about to wear out. We see uh, a power. He's 10 laps in on his tires. About lap 15, we really see him starting to drop speed. So, But if he was the pit, he loses, loses so much track time, I think he's just going to have to wait it out. And the work continues, Davey Hamilton, to uh, extricate the crumpled race car of Pato Award from the outside wall. 
uh, in, in turn number nine. And uh, Davey, uh, you, you said it was a, a pretty aggressive move by Pato, and it's one that's become his signature. And unfortunately, this is the way it often ends. Yeah, his signature is you just dive bomb somebody down below and usually hit them to turn your car, but kind of leave them in a bad position. Well, what happened that time is Frucci said, no, I know what he does. He got on the brakes, let him go by him, and he just ran straight in the wall. What you would have done, he did it at Long Beach, and obviously at Indy was kind of the same situation. Unfortunately, I mean, what a, he's a great driver, great kid. Uh, I think he's great for our sport. But that move, that signature move that he has, he might want to start rethinking that thing. Well, one of the things, too, Davey, let's face it. I mean, there was an error on pit road that led to him being put in that position. And the tough thing for a young driver, as you well know, to have short-term memory. I mean, you got to yes. put that behind you and not force the issue. Let the race try to come back to you. Well, and, and he definitely had frustration because of that pit stop. He was running up front. He was a contender to win this race. No no question about it. Got put a lap down. What do you do? You try to get your lap back and just fight fight as much as you can. And unfortunately, like I say, you just got to keep your cool. As we the saying says, Mark, you first got to finish before you finish first. And, <clears throat> and that didn't happen for him today. Alex Wolf. Well, in the Ridgeline Lubricants pit for Alex Pillow, it's a mixing of business and pleasure. On the timing stand, they're updating about how many laps the drivers around them are on tires and what compound they're on. But meanwhile, this dual pit lane across the way, Scott Dixon, Pillow's teammate, their pit crew and Pillow's were sort of making some hand signals at each other, a little jokingly doing YMCA at each other. So with this dual pit lane, the two uh, teams for Chip Ganassi Racing have a little bit of fun during this caution period. This update from the pits brought to you by Shell, the official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series. 40 li- 46 laps complete, 54 to go. Again, it's below Power, Dixon, Rosenquist, and Rossi. McLaughlin, Grosjean, Erickson, Armstrong, and BK. Newgarden, 11th. Lundgaard is 12th. 13th, Canapito. 14th, Turner. 15th, Kirkwood. 16th, Daly. 17th, DeFrancesco. 18th, Castro Nevis. 19th, Pagano. 20th, Jack Harvey. 21st, David Malukas. 22nd, Ben Graham Rahal. 23rd, Benjamin Peterson. We'll finish the rundown after we check in with Joel. Strategist for Marcus Erickson, Taylor Kyle, admitted the timing of this caution was not ideal, but they put on a fresh set of blacks on Marcus because he said the understeer is unbelievable. He's out in eight and a half seconds. Scott Dixon duped everybody. They had blacks laid out. He did not come in. Georgia. Mangrojan under the caution asked his team what's the situation they responded with who's running what tires who's around him in that sense but they also said we're going to have to stretch this as long as possible Ramon responded okay Elio Castro Nemes as we mentioned in the 23rd position Santino Ferrucci a lap down in 24th Stingray Rob is 25th only two cars out of the race in 26th award in 27th Calavilot heard a plus 11 on the day Rossi is plus 8 Canapino was plus eight. Davey, we're getting another look at it. We touched upon it earlier that Pit Road got busy. This is already a very dirty racetrack. Yeah, very dirty race. A little surprised they don't have sweeper trucks on this long straightaway. I think that's the place that the, the best passing zone and where you want to keep it clean if all possible. So a little surprised, as I said, that they did sweep that portion of the track. But right now, this could be good because some guys are going to go out there. They may clean it off themselves on this restart. Well, set them up, Nick Yeoman. They're a bit slower than they'll be next time they come by you, and we'll let you handle the handoff to Michael Young as we get ready to restart the race. 
Yep, let's rack them. It's going to be Alex Pillow, your race leader. Then the lap car of Santino Ferrucci. Then Will Power, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenquist, and Alexander Rossi. Out of turn number two, Pillow accelerates immediately. Power's going to do his best to try to get around Santino Ferrucci. We're racing again, Michael, here in Detroit. And for Alex Pillow, he's got a nice advantage over Will Power and Santino Ferrucci's right there. Dixon trying to get around that lap car. So to the machine of Felix Rosenquist. Rosenquist will swing wide. Now Rossi will try to get around Ferrucci as well. He's in the fifth position trying to keep Ferrucci behind him. Yeah, so all of a sudden everybody's able to get around Ferrucci who locked him up. McLaughlin, the latest to get by him. Roman Grosjean would be the first car that is hung up by that back marker of Ferrucci, but he now gets around him in turn number five. Meanwhile, up front, leader Alex Pillow with Power and Dixon just behind. Gotta give Santino Ferrucci a lot of credit. He's trying to roll it up where and when he could to give those guys that are faster an opportunity to race with one another. So Santino Ferrucci tried to score some points with his competitors, leaders to Nick Yeoman. And it sounds like, Mark, we've got a full course yellow. It may be Stingray Rob. It is Stingray Rob. Michael Young, did he uh, miss turn three? Yeah, he missed it, got really deep into the runoff area, and as he tried to spin the car around, it bobbled ever so slightly, and he's now sitting parallel with the direction that he wants to go, and he just doesn't have the room to do it. AMR IndyCar safety truck number two there with the quick jack. They'll get him turned around. We should be back to green quickly. And Davey Hamilton, Santino Ferrucci, uh, realized that he had faster cars around him, didn't want to impede anybody's progress, and uh, he did all he could in some very tight confines on this race practice stay out of the way of the leaders. Yeah, he did a Great. I mean, that's what you do, right? When you're, you're when you're not on pace and, and you want to, uh, you know, make friends and and it's not your day. Just get out of the way. Let him go by. Frucci did that. Did a great job doing that, actually. Um, and now he, he didn't want to be in that spot, but you have to do it right. sometimes. But right now he's uh, he got majority of the field by him. And as we see, uh, Lungard also went off as as uh, Stingray Rob stalled it down in turn three. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a struggle today, quite frankly, for Stingray Rob and also his teammate David Malukas, Davey. Uh, not been a good weekend so far for Dale Coyne as they find themselves currently running in 17th and 25th. Yeah, you know, and that's you know that's a ways back. I mean, not where they wanted to be by any stretch. And Malukas. You know, I've seen him make a little mistake once today, but the car just doesn't seem to be there. And they may have that same problem that Foyt does. The dampers may not be exactly the way they want them right now and, and just struggling around. But Malukas, you know, he's playing clean, and, you know, he just needs to keep fighting, trying to work his way up front. Yeah, this is uh, this has been a tough nut to crack for some of these teams, Davey, because it is a new racetrack. There's really nothing to compare it to. I mean, some of them made the comparison to Long Beach, but uh, obviously you've been around at the two-seater now plenty, <laughs> and you know that this is vastly different. The Long Beach. This is a different track than anything that I've ever been on. You know, ever been. Oh, we got some down at turn one. Guys, under caution, Graham Rahal has stuck it into the turn one wall, and Benjamin Peterson just stuffed his car up under the rear of Graham Rahal. So we've got two damaged race cars here under yellow. Graham Rahal, the first one to hit the turn one wall, and then Benjamin Peterson gassed it up through that blind left-hander, and now both of those cars, Mark, rest against the turn one wall. Well, Davey, we're at the halfway point. And you know what they say about cautions? What do they breed? <laughs> well, well, they breed cautions, but but you know what? There wasn't even it wouldn't be back green yet. It was a caution under caution, which we don't see very often. We're going to have to go back and see if there's a replay of Graham Rahal. I mean, he doesn't usually make mistakes like that. I don't know what happened. We'll have to see it. Graham's getting out of his car, and then uh, right now, yeah, he's he's not happy getting out of that car as Peterson's uh, plowed into the back of it. Check in uh, uh, with Joel on pit road, Joel. 
Before he climbed out of the car, Davey, Graham Rahal radioed to his team, I just can't get these tires to work. It's my fault. I just can't get them to work. I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and you know, right there, that corner mark is so tight right there. I mean, it absolutely just, it's an alley. It's more of an alley than a street and hard to get through there. And I watched it on board right now, and Graham, he, he did everything normal, just no grip in that front end. It just slid up, and, you know, he hit the wall. You know, broke that right suspension, and then Peterson coming around there too did the same thing. His car went turn, and he rammed into the back of Graham. So that is so tight. I, I can't stress enough how narrow that part of the racetrack is. Very difficult. 51 laps complete. You're listening to the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear on these great stations: WLME in Owensboro, Kentucky; WLIN in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania; and WIZM in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Alex Below, Will Power, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenquist. And Alexander Rossi, your top five. McLaughlin, Grosjean, BK, Armstrong, Joseph Newgarden, your top ten. Caution on the course. It started out as a single car incident, turned into a two car incident. Graham Rahal lost control into turn number one. And uh, Benjamin Peterson, for all intents and purposes, Davey, just kind of bumped in underneath the rear wing on the attenuator. It looked like they were able to roll Benjamin Peterson back, get him refired. He drives it back to pit road, and they're still working to get Graham Rahal's car on the hook, Davey. Yeah, it looks like Peterson's going to be able to continue on. Just got that nose wing. He didn't hit him very hard. Graham's definitely done for the day. Unfortunately, just not a good run for Graham, although we talked about him earlier, work, working his way towards the front and coming, but just front end grip completely left in that car. And Like I say, I seen the, the wheel was turned, but it was going straight, and then Peterson, like I say, he is on pit lane right now. I can see him there. Looks like Pato Ward. Uh, that can't be Pato. Looks like maybe Rossi or Rosaquist coming in, but uh, they'll get a new nose piece on that car and get him back out. Uh, Alex Fallow, Will Power, Dixon, Rosaquist, and Rossi, the top five. McLaughlin, Grosjean, VK, Armstrong, and Joseph Dugard, the top ten. Davey, how about the ride? Marcus Armstrong give it. Uh, Ganassi racing in that 11 car this weekend. He's looked good today. You know, he has looked good today, and we've seen a lot of speed in him. He's been, you know, I mean, he's a he's a talented driver. As a rookie, wanting to get some results under that team. Obviously, he's with a great race team, and and uh, right now, he needs to keep hanging in there. I mean, showed the result. He's just a little guy, too. Hopefully, he does. this is going to be a physically demanding track. At the end of, the, in the end of this race, these drivers are going to be a little bit wore out. As we see, Lungard, that wasn't a McLaren car. It was Lungard come in, and now he exits pit lane. Uh, yeah, and we just saw Elio Castronemis come on and off pit road, and... Uh, Davey, been a long day for Elio. He didn't qualify particularly well, and he's currently listed in the 21st position. Yeah, and we, we could probably add to that. hasn't been a great year for Elio. Right. Just really struggled. Uh, you know, had a lot of first-lap incidents and just hasn't found that speed yet. And, and that team in general really hasn't found the speed, although Simon Pagino seemed to be pretty quick in qualifying in the final warm-up this morning. He was P1. But he finds himself in that 15th spot where Castro Nevis, I'm sorry, yeah, 15th where Castro Nevis is 21st, just not where that team wants to be. So where do we stand now? I mean, we saw a couple of cars come on and off pit road. I mean, where do you think that next window is going to open up given these laps under cautions that we've turned? We've turned 17 laps of caution on the day. And as Dale Coyne told us earlier today, he said, you know, you can go into a race with a plan. You never know how the cautions are going to lay out. But here we are. It's not so many the number of laps and the number of cautions, Davey. Sometimes it's a matter of where they fall within that plan. Yeah, that's right. We're going on lap 54. It looks like we're going to go green, probably lap 55. or I'm sorry, 56. We're on lap 55 right now. They just crossed. 
I would say that you could risk coming in on lap 65, 10 laps from right now, and still make it then. You might have to save a little bit of fuel. I don't think much. But that this yellow is really not helping anybody out as far as the leaders are concerned or who's going to win this race. They needed about 10 more laps before that next yellow came out. Now, we just mentioned it. Yellows breed yellows. And, uh, it, you know, these last 10 laps or so have been all pretty much under yellow flag conditions. So, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But right now, really not an advantage for these leaders to come in. An update on the cleanup in turn number one from Nick Yeoman. Yeah, it looks pretty good, Mark. As you mentioned, first they got Benjamin Peterson refired and pulled away from the back of Graham Rahal's Honda. Then they got Graham, uh, his car, on the back of a wrecker. And instead of taking him back to the paddock, they just kind of went straight back, almost towards the parking garage where we all parked our rental cars. So after the race, I may see if Graham left the keys in that thing and we'll hot rod it a little bit. But uh, looks like the cleanup is complete. Safety crew backing into the runoff area. We should be set to go racing here, Mark, momentarily. Uh, Davia pointed out Marcus Armstrong and his efforts today. How about the other rookie, Augustin Canapino? He's currently running 11th. How about that guy? Yeah, how about that? I was able to talk to him the other day at the hotel. Nice guy. Don't know him well, but he was with uh, uh, Ricardo Uncos. And obviously, he has some talent. He's doing a good job. He knows he needs He made some mistakes in, in practice the first day. Cost it, you know, got into the wall, bit some stuff up. But right now, on this tricky, tight little racetrack, He's hanging in there in that 11th spot. Well, uh, it will Will Power, Davey, do it all he can to tuck right up underneath the rear wing of Alex Below and stay with him on the restart. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he is tucked underneath him right now. you got to remember, he does have those softer tires on, so Will needs to get the job done right now, see if he can pass him. And what a good restart off of turn two. And the green flag flies the restart. Will Power taking a look to both sides of Alex Pillow. And Will Power will pop to the outside of Alex Pillow. Will not be able to make the best, but now swings to the inside. What a move for Will Power on those softer green tires. We'll get around Alex Pillow. Dixon trying to get around his teammate as well. So the question becomes, can Scott Dixon do what Will Power did? Answer for now is no. Power starts to check out just a little bit. Then it's Alex Pillow followed by Scott Dixon, then Felix Rosenquist, then right behind Rosenquist, his teammate, Alexander Rossi. Leader, new one in the race, Will Power in the Verizon machine. And that is the place to be, Jake Query, as whoever leads starts to check out, and they do so early on. The lead is already 1.2 seconds for Will Power, make it 1.3, but they are stacked up behind Alex Pelot, Nick Yeoman. It's Pelot, Dixon, Rosenquist, Rossi, and more. Boy, that was one well of a pass by Will Power. Now we'll watch Scott Dixon go on the attack of his teammate Alex Pillow. They're stacking up here in turn number one. Everybody leaving not even a full car length. Call it a half a car length from car to car. But the battle may be for second on back. Pillow trying to hang on to that runner-up spot with Scott Dixon charging. Power with the power move. Just one lap ago. Now 12 car lengths over Alex Pillow. Scott Dixon there in third. Then it's the machine of Felix Rosenquist in fourth. Rossi in fifth. McLaughlin sixth. Grosjean 7, BK 8, and Armstrong in that ninth position. 2, 3, 4 are very close right now. Much closer than they are to the leader, Will Power. Pelot with Dixon just behind him and Rosenquist. Then a little bit of a gap before you get to Alexander Rossi. Everybody single file through turn number 5. Pelot again has behind him... Dixon and then Rosenquist. Evenly spaced. You can throw a blanket over 2-3-4. Already 2.5 seconds. Make that 2.6 for Will Power. Again, Pelot, Dixon, Rosenquist, Rossi, McLaughlin through six. 
Roman Grosjean being pursued by Renus VK. Let's give him a tip of the cap, Nick Gilman. Been a good day for the 21 car. Yeah, Renus VK, after that front row start in Indianapolis, starting to charge here on the streets of Detroit. Boy, that car wiggled big time at corner exit of turn number one. That may stall out the charge towards Roman Grosjean. Grosjean's got about a four-car length advantage, but a good day for the Dutchman, Renus VK, Michael. Will Power already entering turn number three. We'll watch Renus VK as he approaches. And it's the machine of Alex Pelot second, Dixon third, Rosenquist right there, Rossi, and VK trying to get around as we got the McLaughlin car there. Roman Grosjean not able to do it in turn number three, Jake. Dixon got a little bit squirrely, as a matter of fact, setting up for turn number four. That allowed for a split second for all of a sudden Rosenquist to draw a bead on him. Not that he needed any sort of room because it already is tight enough, but the leader in running away is Will Power. We mentioned Augustine Canapino and his run up to 11th. He's been ordered by race control to give up a position for blocking. He will do so. Augustine Canapino currently running in the 11th position. And again, it's below Dixon Rosenquist. They're still pretty stacked up as they head to turn one. Yeah, just a little bit more breathing room for Alex Below. Call it two and a half car lengths over Scott Dixon. Dixon, though, happened to sweat out that third position. Felix Rosenquist having a really nice day for Errol McLaren. He's been the top five, top ten all day long. Rosenquist, Michael, about four car lengths back of Dixon. Yep, he's right there trying to close in. About two car lengths, I would say, Nick. It's below, then Dixon, second and third. And then Felix Rosenquist in fourth. Rossi, about four car lengths behind that. McLaughlin, six. That battle for that seventh position with Roman Grosjean and Venus, Venus VK has broken off. Polo and as well, or excuse me, Power and as well Rosenquist are on the softer green tires. They run first and fourth. The two in between them, Polo and Dixon, both on the primary. Hurt is up to 11th. Canapino is now 12th being pursued by Kyle Kirkwood. Let's go back to Colton Hurt and David. We see maybe some damage. Yeah, actually, Cantapino, we thought it was Newgarden that he was blocking, but no, it was actually Colton Herta that he was blocking. Colton did get into the back of him with the right front nose wing. It, it folded that wing up quite a bit. It's just flopping around right now, the right front wing that Colton Herta's that is, and that's going to affect him. That's not going to create the downforce that he needs in a lot of these corners, and don't be surprised if Newgarden, I'm sorry, his teammate Kirkwood is going to get around him, and we, they may even have to change the nose piece before this race is over. 2.2 seconds to lead for Will Power. Dixon Rosenquist, the battle for third in front of Michael Young. That's a good battle. Scott Dixon, three car lengths over Felix Rosenquist. Further back, nobody really battling, so let's watch Scott Dixon. Two car lengths ahead of Felix Rosenquist, the battle for third. So Scott Dixon and Felix Rosenquist is just behind him, working their way through turns four and five. Rosenquist, Dixon got a little bit of room setting up for turn number five, as a matter of fact. Rosenquist let him get away just a little bit. We'll call it two and a half car lengths. Uh, last caution brought out by Graham Rahal, and uh, he was treated and released at the given a look-see at the infield care center. He is A-OK. Alex Below has a one-second lead over Scott Dixon. Will Power with a 2.2-second lead. Front three starting to gain some separation. Front four, front five, I guess. Roman Grosjean. Then it gets interesting behind Rita's VK with Marcus Armstrong, Dick. Yeah, every single lap, it allows these leaders to find a little bit more clean air. You see those gaps start to develop throughout the course and the field. So the closest drivers, really right now in the top seven, it would be VK trying to hold off. I think that's Marcus Armstrong giving chase, uh, but VK still trying to catch Romain Grosjean. 
That's the battle for eighth. BK trying to hold off Marcus Armstrong. So let's see if the Dutchman can indeed do so. Yeah, Marcus Armstrong about two car lengths back. So that Kiwi trying to tuck underneath the rear wing of Rita's BK. These are all in the 4-5 area, right-handed turns. And so far, no one really has gone wrong. This was an area of the racetrack, Mark, where we saw plenty of runoffs throughout the practice sessions. But everybody's mind their P's and Q's at least working their way here towards the final 40 laps of this race. A little bit further back, Davey. Pagino, Di Francesco, Erickson. That's an awfully interesting battle considering it's for 14. Yeah, you know, great racing all through the racetrack, actually. And in some of the back markers, as we called, hate to call them back markers, but that's a fact. As you said, 14, 15, 16, they're still racing it out right now. But to the front of this right now, Power is doing what he has to do. He needs to get as big of a lead as he can on these softer compound tires. We know that they're getting slower as the run goes on. The pit window, I calculate, could open up within three laps of right now. Whether he takes it or not, I think the smart thing for Power to do would be just stay out there as long as you can keep a lead before you pit, and that's only a few laps away. Uh, longest green flag run, Davey, 36 laps today, so they all have those notes taken off pit road, don't they? Yeah, oh yeah, no question about it. They have the notes, they know what it is, and we see Cantapino back fighting with uh, Colton Herter right now with that Colton Herter nose wing, probably slowing him down a little bit. But right now, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, you know, the pit, pit window, uh, it's going to come on quick. Let's see if we can get an update on the strategy involving Roman Grosjean, Georgia. Roman Grosjean told his team he feels like the 28 is just on three wheels right now. His team says, you're doing a heck of a job, but we just need six or seven more laps out of it. How about more on Will Power's pit strategy, Alex? And when Will Power took the lead, he was told what every driver wants to hear, that he's pulling away from second place. And like Davey Hamilton's been talking about, he's been reminded over and over again to try to take care of these tires as they try to stretch it into that final fuel window. We see Simon Pagino come on and off pit road, Davey. And we talked about that battle that he was involved in with Di Francesco and Erickson for that 14th and 15th position. You know, you you, you gotta you, you gotta say you take those spots where you can get them because you never know how those yellows are going to fall and how that strategy might actually later, if you gain a position or two, that could move you up in the top ten easily. Now, now here is the advantage for that pit stop right there. Yes, he wasn't in contention to win this race, but you pit early right now. And then if a yellow happens to come out before all these leaders pit, they're going to have to come in to pit under yellow. That would cycle Simon to the front full of fuel. That's the only they're, they're just taking a gamble. They might as well take a gamble of why we see one of the Bitnell cars peel off pit road right now. But that is, that's what he's trying to do. No, no, can't win it outright. Do a little strategy. And uh, Michael Young, that decision by Rita's VK to come on to pit road may have been hastened by the fact that Marcus Armstrong a lap ago made quick work of him down at turn three. Yeah, Marcus just bolted by him. And i tell you what, Mark, we have an opportunity for a lead change right here. It's Alex below closing on that rear wing. Jake Corey, a car leg behind power for the lead. Wondered when that difference at Firestone Firehawks might come into play. And could it be here in this area between four and five? Not this time by power able to hold him off. Pelot just behind. Dixon has decided that battle is intriguing enough, Mark, that he wants to get up and get a good look at it. Yeah, there's no question that it's about time for Will Power. We'll see how much longer he can hang on. Alex Below is coming. That lead was up to about 3.2 seconds just a few moments ago, and that lead has all but evaporated. Nick Yeoman, he's not coming to pit road yet. 
Yeah, he's going to stay on the racetrack, and he's watching that lead dwindle. Alex Pillow has closed it down to a full car length. We may have a race down Jefferson Avenue. Up to the left-hander of turn number two. Will Power points the red nose of that Chevrolet down uh, the long straightaway, but here comes Alex Pillow, Michael. Great run out of turn number two for Alex Pillow. He's closed within a car length. He'll look to the inside. Now he'll pop to the outside. This is the battle for the lead. Will Power will lock him up, and Alex Pillow will dive underneath. Alex Pillow will go to the lead over Will Power. And so Alex Pillow, who has that rear end step out just a little bit once he makes that pass, now hopes that his teammate Scott Dixon will have clear sights on him because Dixon, who's running in third, he's going to try to get around Will Power. Not able to do so in turn number five. All of this happening behind the leader, Alex Pillow. And Alex Pillow has already opened up a lead of 1.6 seconds over that twosome that continues to battle it out. Uh, it's uh, Will Power, Scott Dixon. That's the battle for the second position. Neither one of them. Oh, wait, we did see a car pop on the pit road. Davey Hamilton, I believe that was a car behind them. Joel, yeah, Joel Scott has Dixon Scott Dixon Go, yep. coming on the pit road. Joel? Scott Dixon hitches marks in the PNC Bank Honda off with the blacks onto another set of blacks, filling them full of shell fuel. Wheels away on nine seconds flat. Update from Pit Road brought to you by Shell, official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series. Damien, a little surprised we haven't seen Will Power yet? I, I really am. You know, I mean, that was the lap I figured he was going to come in. We're slap 66. They could make it to the end. Scott Dixon took advantage of that. Why? Because he's being held up by Will Power. If you're being held up on the racetrack, you might as well get in. Save a teeny bit of fuel, Mark, towards the end of this as Lunkard makes his final stop as well. But I'm surprised. I expect to see power in this lap. Uh, well, it looks like Scott Dixon's able to rejoin the fray in uh, the 15th position. And Davey, there's a lot of cars running in front of him that still have to come to pit road. Talking about Pelot, Power, Rosequist, Rossi, McLaughlin. Grosjean, a lot of those guys, Davey, and that uh, we see Will Power finally in, and it looks like a lot of drivers have said enough is enough. Alex Pillow among those coming on to pit road. Let's go to Alex Wolf. Will Power is in as he puts on the blacks, gets a fresh tear off, wait for the fuel. Now he'll be down the way. Marcus Armstrong in right in front of him, as well as Alex Pillow. Busy driver's left pit area. Uh, let's go to Georgia. Scott McLaughlin already down and away, but the Blacks came off. The Blacks went back on. His team said, we're going to push hard the rest of the way. It was also a lengthy fuel stop for the three Scott McLaughlin. And it looks like Scott Dixon got to turn one first uh, over those guys coming off of Ben Road, Nick Yeoman. Uh, he did not get out ahead of Alex Plower, Will Power. He had to slice his way, though, Michael, in front of Felix Rosenquist. Scott Dixon with the hotter tires heading out of turn three. It's going to take a lap or so for these tires to get up to temperature. Scott Dixon trying to pick off Will Power. Power here in the hairpin of turn number three. Scott Dixon closes in on the rear wing. Back end steps out of Power's car, but Dixon's there. So is Dixon going to be able to do it, setting up for turn number four? The right-hander answer is no. Power able to hold him off for now, then setting up for that lefty that is turn number five. Dixon tried to go a little bit further out to the outside, not able to make the move. Let's go to pit road and Alex Wolf. Alexander Rossi for Errol McLaren off of the alternate greens onto the primary blacks. A little bit of slow removing of the fuel Buckeye, but he's down the way down to Georgia Henneberry. Roman Grosjean and Colton Herna both came to pit lane, both taking four Firestone blacks off, both putting four Firestone blacks on and loading up on fuel. And uh, Nick Yeoman, traffic cop in turn number one. Oh, and we've got a problem, wouldn't you know? And it's Scott McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean. They banged wheels. 
Grosjean gets away. McLaughlin's car stalled a little bit at the exit of turn number one. He misfired after they made contact. Looks like he's got it going again, but McLaughlin loses three or four positions. The two rivals bang wheels here in turn one, Mark. And Danny Hamilton, as we said, that was going to be a precarious. Michael Young, how about you? Turn number three. Felix Rosenquist nearly made contact with his teammate Alexander Rossi. They went through the hairpin, nearly touched, and Alexander Rossi lost about five car lengths. And that settled itself out by the time they got into four and five. But that, of course, was very close, you could tell, when they came into view. But for now, settled itself out. Rosenquist in front of Rossi. And Davey, we fully expected things to get awfully interesting coming off of pit road into that tight turn number one. Well, that showed it right there between McLaughlin and Ro- and uh, Grosjean situation. Grosjean came out of the pits. He was ahead of him, but uh, McLaughlin was up to speed. Couldn't get slowed down in time. Meanwhile, we see those two McLaren cars. Rosenquist comes out. He has hotter tires. Gets underneath. He gets underneath his teammate Rossi, but they rub tires going down in turn three. Rosenquist gets the best of it. Update from Georgia. After Scott McLaughlin overbombed Grosjean, tangled, Scott told his team, I just committed. They asked if the number three was okay. There was no response. He's assessing in the car at the moment. So now, Davey Hamilton, we see Joseph Dugart, Kyle Kirkwood. They have to stop. Marcus Erickson last stopped on lap 47. We think at some point things are going to cycle back to Alex Below. Looks like he has a five-second lead over Will Power. Yeah, I think this is could be the race. He's been fast all day. Power's opportunity was, uh, you know, to try to get in front of him at this last stop. Wasn't able to do that. Five seconds behind, gonna hard to make that hard to make that up. And Joseph Dugard, maybe we see him on pit road now to the attention of the Hitachi crew. Yeah, good job by him. Shows him in six. He's filing down the order right now. We'll see where he cycles in. He's coming by the front of us right now. Could be the same thing. We'll see how he merges into traffic. Looks like he's going to be in front of Rossi. Uh, yeah, he Nick is Yelman. right in front of Rossi right now. Nick Yeoman. Uh, yeah, Newgarden gets out right ahead of Alexander Rossi, so looks like he might have leapfrogged a couple cars. The question is, can he hold off Rossi? Doesn't look like it. Rossi's got a good charge. He's going to try to get around Joseph Newgarden. Grosjean, the interested spectator, Michael, as they all head to turn three. Alexander Rossi looks to the inside, tries to get around the cold tires of Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden breaks late. Grosjean's there. Those two nearly can make contact. They do make contact. Joseph Newgarden will have to have let Robot Grosjean through. So that all of a sudden gives up two spots. So Joseph Newgarden blended in seventh, now finds himself ninth. Works his way, swings wide. Marcus Armstrong, the next, is going to try to draw a beat on him. Yeah, there's no question that Marcus Armstrong is all over the rear wing of Joseph Newgarden. They stay nose to tail now as they work their way through that short little straightaway. Let's head to pit road, check in with Joel. Well, Kirkwood pits from the lead. Eight seconds, his final stop going from blacks to blacks. So, again, that battle continues. Uh, and we're looking at Joseph Newgard, Marcus Armstrong. It works his way off at turn number nine. And Newgarden's got about a one-car length advantage over Marcus Armstrong. We also just saw Kyle Kirkwood blend in front of Roman Grosjean. That's going to be a good battle between the Andretti Autosport duo. Headed your way, Michael. Kirkwood trying to hold off Grosjean. Kyle Kirkwood coming off that pit lane, and Roman Grosjean is to his right. Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean side-by-side into the hairpin. Roman Grosjean will let the outside move go underneath then of Kyle Kirkwood. Near further back, Joseph Newgarden, Jake, he just got around. Marcus Armstrong. Yeah, so what that means is that Kirkwood is going to hold the seventh position, then Grosjean just behind him, then you have a gap back before Newgarden, who runs ninth, in front of Marcus Armstrong, who he just held off to maintain that ninth position. 70 laps.
laps complete, and Marcus Erickson is your race leader, but he last stopped on lap 41. So Pelot has a comfortable advantage in second place, but Scott Dixon is not letting Will Power slip away, Nick Yeoman. I mean, two of the veterans of this sport, right? Will Power and Scott Dixon. They've been racing each other for many, many years. The advantage for Will Power at the exit of turn number two. I want five car lengths down the back stretch. And for Alex Pillow, he's already entering turn number three. We still have the machine of Marcus Erickson that has to pin. Now let's watch this battle. Will Power, Scott Dixon. Dixon looks to the inside. Will Power will maintain about a half a car length over Scott Dixon as they head to four. Battle for third right now. Will Power with Scott Dixon running fourth just behind him. But Dixon is really right there on that rear wing. Verizon machine of Will Power sets up for that lefty of five, able to do so and holding off Dixon. Then again, Dixon's going to have to kind of wait his turn. If he's going to make a move, it's not going to be before turn six. Uh, we're keeping an eye a little bit further back to that New Garden Armstrong battle. It continues to be a good one. That's the battle for the ninth position. We also see Renus VK and Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin, he's trying to have a bit of a rebound, Nick Yeoman. He is hoping to, uh, to kind of undo what was done in terms of his damage. Newgarden running in the ninth position, Armstrong, Herta, then McLaughlin, and Rita's VK. Yeah, it's not been a great day for Scott McLaughlin. Remember, he started on the front row, uh, started to fall through the field, and then moments ago, a little wheel contact with Roman Grosjean allowed him, or caused him, I should say, to drop through about four or five spots. Now he's running directly in front of Rita's VK and Augustine Canapino. Michael, that's just outside of the top ten. Yeah, that's a good battle as we see Joseph Newgarden now battling with Marcus Armstrong, Armstrong, the over-under, but Joseph does a brake check. That makes Marcus Armstrong almost run to the rear of that car. Yeah, so again, this is the battle right now for Joseph Newgarden to try to hold on to that ninth position with Armstrong just behind him. Colton Herta wanted to get into that view, and now he is starting to draw a beat on the rear wing of Marcus Armstrong. Top 10 with 73 laps complete. Erickson, Pelot, Power, Dixon, Rosenquist. Rossi, Kirkwood, Grosjean, Newgarden, and Armstrong. We pause 10 seconds for state identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Seventy-five laps complete. Erickson, Pillow, Power, Dixon, Rosenquist, the top five. Rossi, Kirkwood, Grosjean, Newgarden, Marcus Armstrong, the top ten. Thanks to these stations for carrying. The Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear, WZNX in Mattoon, Illinois, KMBY, Monterey, California, our flagship in Indianapolis, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan, and Davey Hamilton, as we mentioned, uh, Marcus Erickson needs one more stop. He last stopped on lap 47, but he is seeing his lead over Alex Below shrink noticeably. It's down to one second now. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate because he's going to fall way back in the standings. That's Erickson after his pit stop that he has to make. And right now, and it's all about, you know, it's Plow and Power, the two that we're, we're really looking at. But, man, he's uh, five seconds behind Badger, six seconds behind Plow right now. That's Power. That update on pit road from Joel Sebastianelli. Davey, their reasoning in wanting to stay out this long, Marcus Erickson, is that he wanted to make up four seconds on track to Pelot. They've not done that. If anything, that gap has actually shrunk ever so slightly. It looks like the team may be getting to lay out here, and if they bring him in, that's going to be about five, maybe even ten laps sooner than they were hoping to bring the Husky Chocolate Honda in for his third and final stop. Yeah, Davey, your thoughts on that strategy? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, at this point, nothing loose. They're just trying to salvage a good finish to the best they can. Right now, when he comes out of the pits, he's going to be probably back in that 12th to 14th position. So just not a good day right now for that car, Erickson. And Nick Yeoman, uh, the runoff area, Santino Ferrucci makes another visit. Yeah, we may have to name it after him uh, today. He does. Takes a second trip to the runoff area. Been a tough day for the driver who, again, finished third in the Indianapolis 500. Uh, let's get an update from Pit Road. Uh, Joel Sebastianelli, in fact, the, we've answered the question now about Erickson. Yep, here he is. He just radioed in less than a lap ago. The tires were going, so they bring him in. Out onto Blacks for his final stint. It'll be 23 laps to the finish, seven and a half seconds to stop. Well, let's keep an eye out on where he might blend in, Nick Gilman. You'll see him pop into your view. I believe that's Grosjean just in front of him. Well, Grosjean gets ahead of him. Newgarden gets ahead of him. Armstrong does as well. So I think, Mark, if my math is correct, counting cars on the fly, I think that puts Marcus Erickson in the 10th position as he roars down this long back straightaway getting back up to speed. You did good for a guy that was not a math major at Ball State University. So well done, and Davey. He does blend back in. So he really kind of minimized the damage. He's still very much in the top 10. Yeah, that really good stop and barely in that top 10, but he did it right ahead of Colton Herta. we got to remember, Colton has a damaged nose wing. He's ahead of him by one second and McLaughlin by three. So really good stop. by That was a fast stop, too. That was a really good stop by that Canassi crew. Uh, so Alex below now, Davey, the big beneficiary of the strategy that did not work out for Marcus Erickson. He has a five-second lead over second-place running willpower. Yeah, and actually continuing to grow that lead just so slightly. I think power needs to worry about that third-place driver, Scott Dixon. Uh, he's all over the back of him. He can't afford to make any mistakes. Meanwhile, I think he's just kind of hanging on. He doesn't want to give up that third position. And got to remember this. We look at the manufacturer's points right now, Mark, and it's right now Honda at 578. Chevrolet losing a little ground at 550. That's not what Chevrolet wants to see here in their backyard. Uh, no, you've got the Chevrolet right now in second, fourth, and fifth. And you've got Honda in first and second. Then Honda sixth and seventh. Chevy eighth. And then ninth, tenth, and eleventh all belong to Honda. An update to turn three with Michael Young. Yeah, just a note, I've been watching Alex Pelot as he makes his way down this back straightaway. I can lean out and kind of watch the lines of the drivers, and they've started with the center of the track, and now all the drivers are running towards the left side, that, that inside wall, and then popping out right before the entrance to turn number three. So those marbles so bad, they're just trying to find some clean racetrack to start, try to stay out of that, that loose stuff. Some of the numbers for you, Will, uh, Alex Pelot has led 53 laps, uh, Will Powers led 14, Erickson 7. Newgarden 2, Alexander Rossi's little lap. We've had uh, seven leaders, 10 lead changes. We've had four cautions for 19 laps. Those with good days today, Herta plus 14, Rossi plus 8, Harvey plus 6, Canapino is plus 6. And so those are the guys that have kind of moved forward on the day today. And uh, there's no question, Davey, Alex Below has had a bad, fast race car all weekend long. And you know what's interesting, Davey? He was not necessarily complimentary of this layout, saying it was uh, it was too short and there were too many cars, and uh, hopefully the layout would be adjusted. It's uh, I won't say that he was negative necessarily, but not as normally positive as Alex Pillow is, but he might change his tune if he gets a big relay to stop the <laughs> today. Yeah, well, I don't know if he'll change his tune for sure, but he'll be much happier with this track than he initially thought. And, and that is one thing. This is the first time, we all have to remember, the first time we've raced on this course, this configuration. You've got to remember Belle Isle, Mark. It's changed configurations several times over the years to try to make it a little more racy, a little better. So 
Don't give up on this one. You know, Roger Pinsky and his team, they know what's going on. They, they listen to the drivers. They see what's happening with this race, and you know they're going to continue to make it better and better. Well, Davey, we already documented several changes that they made throughout the course of the weekend at various points. So they certainly, you know, the, the teams and the drivers, uh, they have the ear of uh, the race officials and those in charge of the track layout, and they made plenty of adjustments throughout the course of the weekend. Let's go to Pit Road, check in with Alex Wolf. And for Alex Pillow leading this Detroit Grand Prix. A little bit ago from the timing stand, Barry Wands are updating him on the gap between himself and the other competition. And he was also told tires look good, fuel looks good, everything looks good. And he gave him a reminder to take a drink. And uh, we have an issue, Jay Query. Yeah, Romain Grosjean has made contact, and that car is limping oh so slowly into turn number five. That contact driver's side, primarily in the front. And what looked like a pretty good day for Romain Grosjean is going to come to an end. He bangs the steering wheel in frustration. That DHL machine and absolute Romain Grosjean is absolutely beating himself up after beating up that race car. Left side damage for Romain Grosjean, who has come to a stop in turn number five here on the street to Detroit. Uh, Davey Hamilton, the season of oh, what might have been continues for Romain Grosjean. Yeah, we continue to talk about Roman and how competitive he was the first couple of races. Just absolutely outstanding. Still shows good speed, but, you know, he, the, the, the hit wasn't very hard. It didn't hurt him, but he may be hurting himself. I mean, he's beating on his helmet, the steering wheel. He may give himself a concussion. Very, very upset. Haven't seen the replay. I'm, I'm assuming that he's just blaming himself exactly what happened. When he come around that right-hander, he hit the inside wall just uh, so slightly, and that's easy to do there. Like I say, this is like racing down alleys, not uh, not streets. And when he got the inside tires against that wall, it pushed him right out. That outside wall, seen it many times happen before. But the slide, you just can't put anything wrong. And that's back to focus it in the race. You can't lose it. you got to continue to give yourself room, especially in these tight areas, because you have nothing to gain by cutting the corner off any there at all. Well, Davey, uh, it, 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 some of these issues, quite frankly, if not the majority of them, are somewhat self-inflicted, I think, speaking candidly. And at, uh, at some point, a veteran like uh, Michael Andretti, I mean, he's been there. He knows, and he knows when it's a string of bad luck. But uh, I would imagine that uh, as, as uh, despondent as Roman Grosjean is, there's got to be a huge level of frustration from Michael Andretti. Yeah, you, well, you get to see it. I think, you know, there's tension in that team just in general, really, because the results just haven't been to where they want them to be. But Grosjean seems to be, you know, a little bit of a common denominator. He's good. I mean, he's a great race driver. Don't don't ever get me wrong on that. The guy is fast. He's good. He can win races. But it's these little mistakes, especially at the end of these races, to where your focus has to be good. You can't put a wheel wrong. you got to make sure that you finish these races. What did we say earlier? You must finish before you finish first, and that's where Grosjean just seems to be, you know, not having the best of time. I mean, he's, uh, he, you know, I mean, that no nobody to point at it but himself. We talked about that with Pato Award. You, you know, you can't take some of these these unnecessary risks that really do you no good. Uh, an update from Pit Road with Georgia. Almost synchronized from the moment that Ramon hit the wall. His team was telling him that New Garden trailing closely behind was out of push to pass. But as soon as Ramon hit the wall and retired for the day, the team said, you still drove one heck of a race today. So still support coming from the 2018. 82 laps complete of the 100 to be contested here at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Hey, race fans. I'm Marcus Erickson. There's only one episode left of 100 Days to Indy. See how it all ends up? 
this Thursday at 9pm Eastern on the CW. And binge watch the whole season on the CW app. Uh, 16 laps to go. Below, Power, Dixon, Rosenquist, Rossi, the top five. Kirkwood, Newgarten, Armstrong, Erickson, Colton, Hurt of the top ten. An update on the cleanup from Jake Weary. Cleanup right now looks like we are good to go because Roman Grosjean, I think the biggest thing was Roman Grosjean. Boy, the despondent nature. Been a long time since I've seen a driver get out and absolutely show that much frustration and disappointment at himself when he got out of the car. But they have managed to pull away that DHL Honda. And as a result, I think it's just a matter of time here before we're going to be back to green. And uh, Davey, uh, despite the dominance, uh, he's led 58 laps on the day. When it comes time to restart, everybody's going to be on a level playing field. Everybody can go full rich, as they say, to the end. Everybody on the same tire compound. And we'll just see who has the best race car over the last 15 laps of this race. Yeah, they'll push the pass we have to look at as well. You got Plo with 53, Power 49, Dixon 28. So the farther forward, they have more than the guy behind him. So it seems pretty good to get that in New Garden with zero. So watch out for that. Armstrong being right behind him with 16 seconds left. And Erickson with 34 behind him. So just watch to push to pass because that can make the difference. And I don't want to belabor a point, Davey, but this late the race, this is about as dirty of a racetrack as I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you really don't want to get out of line, especially, you know, we see so many marbles down that straightaway going into turn three where that passing zone is. And, man, yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely a lot of marbles, hard to get out of line. But what you do, just play, you know, mind your P's and Q's through the tight areas. That's where Grosjean got in trouble. And, and just try to finish this race now and stay out of those marbles if all possible. And again, uh, seven leaders, ten lead changes. We've had five cautions for 23 laps. By the way, among your leaders, uh, Alex Below, who's uh, getting ready to lead his 60th lap on the day. Will Power has led 14 laps. Marcus Erickson has led seven laps. Joseph Newgarten has led a couple of laps today, and Alexander Rossi has led a lap. We're getting ready to restart with 14 laps to go. Nick Yeoman, uh, rack them up, as you say, and hand them off to Michael Young. Alex Pelot is going to restart as the race leader with Will Power and Scott Dixon behind him, second and third. Then it's the McLaren teammates, Rosenquist and Rossi. Kyle Kirkwood will restart sixth. Joseph Newgarden, seventh. Marcus Erickson and Marcus Armstrong run eighth and ninth. Colton Hurt a tenth. Green flag is in the air. We're racing once again in Detroit. Good jump, Michael, for Alex Pelot. Does anybody have anything for the Spaniard? Alex Pelot with a two-car length advantage over Will Power. Scott Dixon in that third position, but the battle is for fifth. It's Kyle Kirkwood looks to the outside of Alexander Rossi, but we'll tuck underneath as we have a caution here on the course. Jake Query. And Alex Pelot is now off of the throttle as the yellow light has come on and the yellow flags are out here in turn number four and five for a full course caution mark. And Davey, it's the car of David Malukas. David Malukas' yeah. day has come to an end and it has been a tough day for the Dale Coins, David. Yeah, it really has. I mean, Rob really off the pace and laps down, but still on track, which is good. Lucas just trying to finish. Don't they haven't seen a replay. He did that on his own, or if he had a little help on that restart, but definitely in the wall and definitely out for the day. We're going to see a replay right here. Yeah, just on his own, really coming off of uh, turn eight. I'm sorry, turn nine, and just uh, looks like he got too wide and got it into the outside wall. Uh, that's an odd spot for that to have happened and an odd time for it to happen, Davey, because quite frankly, I mean, those guys at, at the rear of the field, 
I mean, they really weren't at full song yet on the restart, so that seems kind of strange that he would have lost it there. Yeah, you know, it really does. Now, all I can say is it looked like maybe he got into those marbles that we talked about. Mark got him on his tires. When that happens, you just have no, just like being on an ice skating rink, and I'm having to think that could have been the situation somewhere down that straightaway, got him marbles, and couldn't get him cleaned off, and by the time... Uh, he had a chance. It was too late, and he got into the wall. Man, again, another shot of that uh, of that racetrack. And, boy, you better stay in the racing group, Davey, because if you get to driver's <laughs> ride especially, man, I'll tell you what, that track is a mess. It's a mess. Looks like a dirt track on, on the outside of a dirt track at times, and, and uh, it's just not good. And if you get out in that, and I have a feeling that might have been the situation for, for uh, Malukas. Got out there, and like I say, just had so much debris on the tires. He, he couldn't uh, couldn't get the car to turn. Well, one thing's for sure. Uh, Alex Below has flexed the most muscle today, and on that restart, uh, he shows that, uh, I tell you, uh, it, uh, it, it's maybe reached the, the point in time where we can label this as uh, it, it's not a race that anybody else could win. Maybe Alex Below has to lose it, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think it's all for Alex to lose. He had a really good, you know, and right now it's about coming off a of turn two down that long straightaway and getting into turn three. And really he had a good drive off of there this last time. I don't see where power could do anything better or different. So um, it's going to be a situation. I think Pelot has this under control. But as we know, you never know on yellows. Maybe power learned something from that last restart. Try to gain on the next one as we watch. Somebody of the Will Power shirt really cheering him on on screen right now. Flavor Flav, obviously, in that power pit. Uh, Davey, uh, we, we, we can't make enough, can't say enough uh, what an impressive day it's been. He's got to be one of those guys that's wondering, oh, what might have been. Look at Kyle Kirkwood, who has worked his way up to the sixth <laughs> position after falling to the rear of the field early on. Well, you know, he talked about it, Mark, earlier on. And he's been fast in every single session. Seems to like this course. It fit his style. As we know, he won his first race at Long Beach, a street course. And, man, he was strong. And if he could have just started where he was supposed to, who knows what would have happened. But he's right now, as you said, P6. Let's go to Joel. I'm with his strategist now, Brian Herda. You've got a few laps less on these tires than everybody else. Does Kyle like where he's at? Uh, no, no. We, we like where uh, Pelot's at, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get to him today. But uh, AutoNation Honda's been really good. Obviously, we basically started last because of the first turn accident. Uh, so, you know, to be up in sixth and, and still have a shot here and a restart to make a few more, we feel really good about our day. Yep. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's significant, Davey, because we're getting to that point to where, you know, you start to get some separation in that battle for the points championship. And, uh, boy, you know, he was in contention going into the month of May. He's falling back a little bit. Uh, a couple of positions could allow him to make a big jump. You know, we went into the 500. Quite frankly, we don't talk much about points at that at that time, and we understand why. That's the big prize. But, uh you know, we had a lot of drivers, about six or seven drivers within 50 points of one another, and now that gap's starting to widen a little bit based upon the results as they run right now. Yeah, we talk about points. We love watching the points battle. It's going to be a good battle in the season, but I always say once you get to the point in the season and you have a 100-point gap, once you get that 100-point gap um, at this, this time of the season, those drivers beyond that, really hard to make up. And right now, as we see 101 points back, and that's seventh position, all the way to seventh. That's yeah. Will Power. Now, they'll make some time up, but then you got McLaughlin 
in eighth, 105 back, and then Colton Herta, 123 back. I think that, you know, they're losing touch once you get past that 100 mark. So uh, from this race on, they, you know, this is going to help power for sure. He's gaining uh, from where he was in the point championship. Matter of fact, he would be plus two right now, but they got to keep fighting if you're back that far. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we talked about the parody, and uh, you wonder if this year was unfold like last year's did with the incredible uh, the, the fact that Will Power won the championship by winning a lone race, which was right here in Detroit, by the way. But it uh, looks like there might be some level of separation now as uh, Erickson and Newgarden, Scott Dixon, trying to pull away from the pack a little bit. Pottawa Ward is going to take a big hit today. He, with his uh, finish, uh, he in that incident involving Pottawa Ward, he's going to finish 26th. And as of right now, uh, he loses two positions and falls back uh, to fifth in points. Uh, we're just about ready to try the restart one more time. Nick Yeoman, give us the roll call. 90 laps complete next time by. Now, let's try it again. It's going to be Pelot, Power, Dixon, the top three. Then the teammates Rosenquist and Rossi through the top five. Kyle Kirkwood will restart sixth. Newgarden seventh. Armstrong eighth. Erickson ninth. And Colton Herta, final driver in the top ten. Wind it down here in Motown. Green flag is out. Will Power with a nice jump. He's right in the trail of Alex Pelot. Michael will race for the lead here in the closing laps. Will Power pops to the outside of Alex Pelot. They'll drag race down Jefferson Avenue. Power will break a little bit later than Pelot. Still side by side. The over-under as Scott Dixon makes contact with Will Power. Dixon will lose a spot to Alexander Rossi. Will Power slows and we'll see Felix Rosenquist go around as well. All of this mayhem and the benefit goes to Alex Polo, who got just a little bit loose and again, all kinds of action back there running four, five, and six. Talking about Rosenquist as well as Scott Dixon, but Alex Polo is set sail now with the lead in front of the pack. Well, speaking of Alex, it was Alexander Rossi that benefited from that dust-up between Power and Dixon as others. He was able to grab that second spot. He's going to try to track Pelot down. Power mashed it, got back into the throttle, got the elbows plenty right, Dick Yeoman. He got that spot back from Scott Dixon. No, he's going to have to regather and pass Alexander Rossi. Rossi's going to have to find about eight car lengths as Alex Pelot is already out of turn number two. Again, that advantage goes to about nine car lengths. Back to Rossi, then it's Power running in third, Rosenquist in fourth as they head down the straightaway. Alex Pelot says, have at it, boys. He streaks down this back straightaway, son, popping off that ridgeline green. Alexander Rossi is second, then Will Power, Felix Rosenquist, Scott Dixon, they're your top five. Kyle Kirk so Polo with Rossi behind, and then things get interesting because it's Power followed by Rosenquist and Dixon. They're bunched up just a little bit. Polo, again, as Nick had said, has led all of that. And now let's go to Michael. It's Antino Ferrucci and Stingray Rob. They have contact here at the entrance of turn number three. Stingray Rob stalls it again in the runoff area. Santino Ferrucci will sit stalled at the midway point of turn number three. We will await to see, indeed, caution out here on the streets of Detroit. Davey, you've had a chance to take a couple of looks at the replay of that uh, pass, uh, first of all, between Alex Pillow and Will Power, and then Power and Dixon. Yeah, what happened there is really Power got a really good run, but he wasn't going to, I mean, Pelo wasn't going to let him do the what he did on that last restart or last pass that he made on him and made him stay to the outside. He was there, and and, and Pelo went in, slid that car. He was sideways, and, and really Power, I think, was going to get underneath him, but Dixon gets in there, puts a wheel to the left rear of uh, Power, jumps him in the air, surprised that car even didn't stall or something happened, and uh, lost a couple a couple positions, especially to Rossi. 
Uh, they're still trying to get the cars restarted. Uh, Santino Ferrucci and Stingray Rob, and we see them, baby. You're looking at the replay now as they got together. Yeah, it looks like the, the Ferrucci going on the inside, Stingray Rob down in turn three, really just couldn't get slowed down. They both drove in really deep. Both missed the corner. Rob goes in the runoff area. Ferrucci, he had to stop, so he didn't hit the tires, and uh, both of them stall out. You know, Davey, I made the observation, you go back a couple of years ago when Elio Castroneves won his fourth 500. I said that if he and Palou were in a similar situation late in the race, Alex Palou now knows what he needs to know. And you referenced the move that Will Power made earlier. Alex Palou didn't forget that, and he made that move through the hairpin. Uh, he wasn't going to let Will Power get around him twice like that. Yeah, that's right. Will Power made this, such a great move on everybody coming up through the field, and that was by going high, faking him out a little bit, going down that front straightaway, making them believe that they're going to go on the outside of him into that turn three, and then he would, sh- at last second, shoot down underneath him. That's what he was going to do here. I mean, Plo gave him the hole, but unfortunately Dixon was there. And Power's car, it got way in there. It was about a foot in the air on the left side before it came back down. Doesn't look, look like it did any damage to either one of those cars. Dixon, he's lost another spot to Rosenquist, but Power finds himself in third now. Yeah, that rear, rear wheel of Will Power's car, when it gets off the ground like that, Davey, it does affect the rear grip a little, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, when you only have two tires on the ground, <laughs> grip goes away quickly. Yeah, yeah. so they got Stingray Rob restarted now, and uh, but we could reset for you and tell you there's seven laps to go. Hello, Rossi, Power, Rosenquist, and Dixon. Kirkwood, Newgarden, Armstrong, Erickson, McLaughlin, the top ten. The question is, Davey, does Alexander Rossi have anything at all for Alex Pillow? And quite frankly, we don't know because he's kind of been hanging around in sixth, seventh, and eighth and kind of been mired in traffic. I mean, we don't we don't know what the car could do, quite frankly, with just one car to track down. It's a position he's not been in yet. This is going to be interesting. Now, we got to remember, Pelot, when it comes to push to pass, has quite a bit more than Rossi, and the power behind Rossi has more. But, you, were, like you said, we haven't seen Rossi in this position all day. This could surprise all of us to see if he has more speed than Pelot. And as you know on these restarts, it's all about coming off of turn two, getting that good run down into turn three. Uh, we, among us, oftentimes play the game. Okay, who, who did we not mention? Who did we not talk a lot about? And, Davey, I don't think there's any question that, uh, you know, if, if – given where he is right now. Up until this point, till about lap number three, I think, 93, I think all of us would have said Alexander Rossi. We didn't have to talk much to him. He's driven, driven a great race today. Yeah, he really has. I mean, as you said, sometimes, you know, not talking about somebody could be a good thing. That means that they're just racing out there and getting it done. And right here at the end, takes advantage, gains a couple positions on that mistake by by Dixon and Power, finds himself in second. Great run. He could use this. I mean, he hasn't had a great season yet with this McLaren team. He's been fast. He's been a contender, but he's usually kind of behind his teammates, so this, this is a good run for him right now. Well, he moved up a spot in terms of points, and right now he's in the sixth position. He's 87 points back, and a, a win would, would boost that even more and perhaps give him the opportunity to leapfrog over his teammate, which is Pato Award. As we mentioned, Pato is going to do no better than 26. He's currently in the fifth position, shown as 82 points back, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens on this restart as the lights are off on the pace car. Alex Below has led 68 laps on the day as your pole sitter. He has had the dominant car. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Will Power has led 14 laps today. Erickson 7, Newgarden 2, Rossi 1. We'll see who will lead the next five laps or so, Nick Yeoman, as the leaders head your way. Yep, another restart, but will it be the last one? We're about to find out. Alex Polo, your race leader, 
Rossi sitting second, Power third, Rosenquist fourth, Dixon fifth. Probably going to be one of those players. Pelot brings him super slow out of turn number one. He wants to get that jump out of turn number two. He'll accelerate right at the apex of turn number two. Rossi right in the tire tracks, but he's lost a couple car lengths. It's a great jump for the Spaniard. Alex Pelot sees the green flag. Alex Pelot about two car lengths over Alexander Rossi. That will be the battle for the lead. Further back, we see the machine of Will Power now under attack from Felix Rosenquist. Power will swing wide. That will allow Rosenquist to slip underneath it. Will Power. Will Power will have the advantage headed into three. It almost, it almost looked like they were going to be three wide behind Alex Polo, but it is Will Power who has taken the second position now with Alexander Rossi, then Felix Rosenquist running fourth. He locked up the brakes just a little bit. Scott Dixon behind him. Leader, Alex Polo through turn number six. Yeah, after Rossi lost that position and moved back to third, Felix Rosenquist going into turn number six almost drove up underneath the rear wing. Power and Polo starting to step away a little bit. Pelo has taken the lead to eight-tenths of a second. Nick Yeoman, can Will Power catch him into turn number one? Yeah, it was such a great jump for Alex Pelo on the restart, but Will Power is throwing everything at it. Now the McLaren drivers are mixing it up for third. Looks like Rosenquist got around Rossi. Rossi's going to hold it to the inside. Looks like they're still going side by side at the exit of turn number two. Not sure how that's all going to sort out, but the front two micro are Alex Pelo and Will Power. And that will allow Pelo and Power to check out for the rest of the field. Alex Pelot, three car legs over Will Power. Now they're three wide back, battling for that third position. Scott Dixon trying to take fourth away from Rosenquist. Rossi still has third as Colton Herta nearly goes to the tires. He'll try to get back underway. He'll file in next to Rita C.K. All of this happening well behind the leader, Alex Pelot, who has Will Power behind him in turn number six. It's incredible. Pelot, Power, Rossi, Rosenquist, Dixon, the top five. Kyle Kirkwood still trying to gain position. Armstrong, Erickson through 7th and 8th. They're trying to gain positions. McLaughlin, Newgarden complete the top 10. The leader with a 6 tenth of a second lead off at turn number 9. Yeah, wouldn't call it necessarily comfortable as Alex Pillow gets to turn number 1. On track, it's about 3 car lengths with 3 laps to go. Will Power slides the rear end of that car at the exit of turn number 1. He is hustling, trying to claw into that lead of Alex Pillow. They're clear of turn at number 2. Will Power hungry to get a victory in this 2023 season. About 4 car lengths behind Alex Pillow. Pillow now will swing wide, entering Turn number three, Will Power about three car lengths behind him. Will lock him up ever so slightly. He'll get him rolling again. Then it's Rossi in third, Rosenquist in fourth, Scott Dixon fifth, and the machine of Kyle Kirkwood in sixth. Flava Flav is wearing the T-shirt of the 12 car, did the pre-race with him as well, but it's Alex Polo who's got to fight the power right now. Four car length advantage. Alex Polo over Will Power through turn number six. Big piece of debris off of turn number five, but it's out of the racing groove. It doesn't look like they're going to throw the caution anytime soon. Alex Pillow says, please don't do that. 1.2 seconds is the lead for Alex Pillow over Will Power. Rossi, Rosenquist, Dixon, the top five up at turn number nine. Pillow cannot let this race uh, end soon enough. I'm sure he's hoping for it. Looks like the advantage, though, might be growing a little bit. Last lap, it was down to three car lengths. This time by, Pillow's got it up to five car lengths. Call it six now as they get on Jefferson Avenue. The Spaniard, Alex Pillow, continues to pull away. The penultimate lap here on the streets of Detroit. First ever here downtown in quite some time. And Alex Pillow, the Spaniard, four car lengths over Will Power. But the battle is further back. It's for the third position. Felix Rosenquist. 
Brooks will pop in the inside of his teammate, Alexander Rossi. The two-touch, not once, but twice, and Felix Rosenquist will get around. And Rosenquist forced Alexander Rossi to tap the wall. That's going to allow Scott Dixon to try to make the move in turn number five. They literally went too wide. Can't normally do that, but Scott Dixon has now cleared Alexander Rossi. Yeah, it's a pretty good drag race in a very tight portion of the race course as those guys continue to battle it out for the fourth position. Scott Dixon grabs it. He's trying to grab a point anywhere and everywhere he can. Meanwhile, Alex Pillow has a one-second lead, and he sees the white flag this time by Nick Yeoman. One final time around this 1.7-mile street circuit downtown Detroit. Alex Pillow, the advantage at about five car lengths. Will Power is pedaling for everything he's got, but he's running out of time. Half a lap to go. The Spaniard, Alex Pillow, leads here in Detroit on the final lap. Just three weeks ago, he won on the road course in Indianapolis, then got the pole for the Indy 500, finished fourth there, and is trying to cruise to his second victory of 2023 for the final time. Alex Pillow, two car lengths over Will Power. It would be career win number six for Alex Pillow as he sets up now through turn number four and wants to make sure everything is clean in turn number five. No problems for Alex Pillow trying to hold off Will Power, trying to win in the streets of Detroit. Mark James, help bring home Alex Pillow. About 60% of the time in his 50-plus starts, this young man has finished in the top ten. The number of laps that he has led continues to mount. And the popularity of the legend continues to grow. The Advance Auto Parts checkered flag is in the air. And Alex Below is going to go to victory lane. He wins the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Will Power grabs the second spot. Felix Rosenquist third. Scott Dixon fourth. And Alexander Rossi completes the top five. Checkered flag. Great job, man. Yeah. Awesome job. Uh, despite his reluctance to offer kudos to this layout, Davey Hamilton, I think Alex Below suddenly is going to be quite fond of the new layout of the yeah, yeah. Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to all of a sudden like this race course. Anytime you win anywhere, you tend to like it. And what a great job he's done You know, throughout this year. Obviously, he has a nice points lead right now over uh, over his teammate, Erickson. So that Ganassi team, they're fighting at the top. There's no question about it. But right now... Man, this kid, he could be unstoppable. He just continues to win. And as you'd mentioned last year, with all the controversy around him, he, he hit it head on and, and stays with his nasty team. And, man, he's uh, rewriting the books. While three of the top five belong to Chevrolet in terms of winners, Alex Below wins it for Honda. Dixon grabs the fourth spot. But most importantly for Honda, they now lead the manufacturer's battle, Davey, 575 to 553 over Chevrolet. Yeah, still a close game, but I, obviously Chevrolet really wanted to win this one. I, you know, in front of their home, you know, home fans or home, uh, you know, office right here in our background, and didn't get that win. And they're not leading this championship as of yet, but uh, they're not going to give up. We all know that. Seven cautions today for 32 laps, seven leaders, ten lead changes. Alex Below led 74 laps of uh, the four times that he led. Will Power led 14. Erickson, seven. Newgarden, two. Rossi, one. Uh, Rossi in contention late. He fades to fifth, Davey. But uh, I still say the drive of the day. you got to kind of give that to Kyle Kirkwood with all that he endured to bring home a sixth-place finish. Uh, for sure. I mean, the, 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 he he made a mistake in qualifying. They got ran over at the very first lap of the race, went to the back. So well, hats off to Kirkwood. That was the drive of the day. Unfortunately, Rossi just didn't have the speed right there. They had just cars sliding around a little bit, kind of playing, beating up with his teammate a little bit. But Rosenquist, you know, that's a good finish for him as well. Rosenquist, we've seen him on poles. We've seen him fast. But I have to say, that's a, it's a, you know, being on that podium many times is a good thing. A couple
couple of other guys, uh, Colton Herta, he had a disastrous weekend leading into this race, Davey. He comes home 11th. And how about his teammate, Devlin DeFrancesco? Pretty solid 12th-place finish today. You know, that the other guy we didn't talk about, but I seen him actually battling, passing in there, did good DeFrancesco, but... Uh, Colton Herta broke a nose wing, finished without a nose wing. That was the debris we seen in turn five that everybody was avoiding. So not the cleanest day, but not a terrible finish. Finding himself, you know, he's still ninth in that championship. He still has a fighting chance, but he needs some good luck from here on out. A full field rundown below your winner. Power, Rosenquist, Dixon, and Rossi, the top five. Kirkwood, McLaughlin, Armstrong, Erickson, and Newgarden through 10th. Herta, 11th. DeFrancesco is 12th. Pagino, 13th. Canapino, 14th. Daly, 15th. Lundgaard is 16th. 17th, Jack Harvey. 18th, Redis VK. Castro Nevis, 19th. Three laps down at 20th, Benjamin Peterson. Santino Ferrucci, three laps down at 21st. Stingray Rob, three laps down at 22nd. 23rd, out of the race, Lucas. 24th, Grosjean is out of the race. 25th, Rahal. 26th, Pato Award. And 27th, Callum Eilat. In terms of the points, Alec Below will leave here your points leader leading Marcus Erickson by 51, Joseph Newton by 70, uh, Dixon by 79, Pato Award is 82 back. Let's hear from Will Power, Alex Wolf. As Will Power gets a handshake from Bud Denker, gives him a pat on the arm with his sweat-soaked Verizon fire suit. And, Will, uh, it was a long, hard drive out there. How was this Detroit Grand Prix for you? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a great day. I mean, um, had a good strategy there with the, the red tires and, Tried everything to get him. Unfortunately, I uh, I didn't know Dixon was on the inside. I haven't seen the replay, but I hope I didn't do any damage to him and affect his race. But uh, great day for the Verizon Chevy. Um, would love to get one, uh, you know, up one step on the podium, but seconds are never what you look back on when you lose a championship. Looks like those elbows got plenty wide there towards the end of the race throughout the field on those restarts. Yeah, you had to be aggressive. Uh, to keep position and get position. So this is IndyCar these days, man. It's so tough, so many good drivers, and uh, you fight for every inch. Runner-up today is Will Power. Let's hear from Scott Dixon. A fourth-place finish for Scott Dixon. You kind of shrug your shoulders after warm-up today, like you didn't know what you were going to expect. Now that you've seen it, what's your take on the day? Uh, just kind of frustrating day, to be honest. You know, I think uh, the PNC Bank number nine had a had a ton of speed. I think you know we had definitely more pace than the uh, the ten and the twelve. Uh, just you know probably should have used more OT on the uh, overlap there on on the last stop to to get the twelve. Um, yeah, I don't know. It uh, was definitely a bit funky with strategy, obviously with where the yellows fell. But uh, honestly, it was a lot of fun. You know, the track was uh, definitely difficult. Definitely caught out some people. Uh, that turn three, you know, I think the braking zone into there is just, uh, you know, it's it's very tough, but it makes uh, first, you know, exciting for the drivers and I think the crowds. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I think we, you know, had pace in a car to be first or second, but I just didn't get it all out of it. Scott, we appreciate your time. Let's go over to victory lane. Alex Pelot hugging and congratulating his team. And Alex, when you look at it on paper, it'll show that you dominated the race as far as laps led. But it, uh, it definitely, if you watch, it was anything but. How was that busy day for you out on the streets of Detroit? Oh, it was it was very busy. Uh, we knew it was going to be busy. 
um, it's it's always street course racing and it's always IndyCar. So um, super happy to be back here in Victory Lane, uh, the first time with the Ridgeline Lubricants car. So we had everything we needed today, all the power. Uh, we were able to hit uh, the fuel mileage we needed to get the strategy right. And honestly, it was a ton of fun to race here uh, at the new Detroit track. Um, so yeah, happy that we got it safe and back on Victory Lane. Yeah, needless to say, yesterday you were one of the more vocal folks uh, talking about this track. Now that you've put in the uh, full 100 laps of race competition, what are your impressions now of the uh, street course here? Oh, well, it was it was a ton of fun, honestly. Um, I had a ton of fun driving uh, at this track, driving uh, up there. It was uh, a calm race for us, let's say, a part of those restarts. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll rewatch the the race, obviously. Um, there was a lot of uh, traffic in practice, but it was right uh, during the race. So it was better than I thought. Second win in three races, momentum building, heading to Road America, another track they do great at. Oh, yeah, we, we had great cars there. We had great cars all year. Um, that's why uh, we are leading the championship. So the CGR team, everybody back at the shop, uh, at the racetrack, everybody's doing a tremendous job this year, and we'll keep it up for uh, Road America and Mid-Ohio. Congratulations. Thank you. Alex Pillow wins the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix over to Georgia Henneberry. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Alexander Rossi rounds out your top five. And Alex, those last couple laps battling so hard with your teammate Felix Rosenquist. How intense was this? Yeah, I mean, it's tight. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, we all knew it was going to be chaotic around here. But, um, you know, I think the race went, went very well from our side. You know, starting 13th, we had a hole to dig ourselves out of so the team did, did a great job from a from a car setup standpoint um strategy was great stops were great and we kind of inherited second when there was a bit of a melee and then we just ended up kind of back where we started so we struggled to switch the tires on restarts um, we'll look into that and uh yeah taking our top five move on road america there were a lot of unknowns going into this weekend but what are your biggest knowns or takeaways after that 100 lap race I, I mean, I really enjoyed this whole weekend. You know, I think, um, you know, the city of Detroit and, and um, Penske Corp and GM did an amazing job uh, with this facility, and, and the fan turnout was amazing. So I know there was a lot of kind of uh, suspicions going into it, but I thought it was a good race. Um, and certainly next year we'll have a better idea of, you know, what we need to do to, to be better. But, um, you know, I think that was another classic IndyCar race, and uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Alexander Rossi rounds out your top five. Alex Wolf. Finishing off the podium is Felix Rosenquist. Some tight racing out there all day long, and towards the end, it seemed none tighter than with your teammate. Take us through some of that, uh, some of that full contact racing late in the going. Yeah, it was tight at the end, maybe a bit too tight for, for comfort. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're in the situation now with our McLaren that we're fighting each other at the front almost every weekend. So it's a, it's a good problem to have, let's say. Uh, obviously, we, we don't want to put each other in the wall or anything, but we, we race each other really hard uh, a couple of times there, me and Alex, which we've done all season, which, uh, you know, unfortunate and good at the same time. Uh, but I, I was happy to see that he didn't, you know, fall back too much in the field. And, uh, yeah, he, he was struggling a bit after the restart and, we were quite a bit quicker and then you know i was on the inside and he gave me not enough room really on entry and you know i, th I think he played it hard on entry i played it hard on exit so it's kind of fair i'd say but uh, yeah obviously we we don't want to have that situation it's something we'll talk about uh, internally well congratulations on the podium finish and we'll see you at elkhart lake in a couple of weeks thank you man that's Felix Rosenquist over to Joel Sebastianelli. Kyle Kirkwood's day started with a new rear wing and it ended with a sixth place finish. 
Brian Hurd has said over the radio, no, it was a tough day, but proud of you for getting it done. How did you guys get it done? Um, you know, we, we kept our heads cool. We, we did everything right. Um, it was unfortunate that, that we got driven in the back of in, in the start, but um, with the nature of this track, uh, I can't say it was super unexpected. So, uh, I mean, today today was tough. It was really, really hard, but we had a phenomenal comeback being in the back. We, we stuck with our strategy. We stuck with our gut, what, what we knew would be best. And uh, we had a fast race car. We were able to pass some cars. We were able to cycle forward on some pit strategy stuff. And, and ultimately, what, what got us there is that we had a fast race car. And, that, and that's been the case all weekend long. We, we've had a race-winning capable car. We're running some of the quickest laps there when we, when we had some clean air. So um, I'm, real, I'm really happy with, with that performance. Now, granted, if... If I would have pushed harder there at the end, maybe I could have gotten a couple more positions, maybe got on the podium, but I was pretty happy with what we had there, and everyone in front of us was kind of throwing haymakers, you know, they were they were just absolutely going at it, and it was more likely that I would have got caught in an incident than actually made up a position, so I kind of, I tried to stay where I was at there. A well done to Kyle Kirkwood, and a well done to his crew, four pit stops on the way to a sixth place finish. And a well done to Joel Sebastianelli, Alex Wolf, and Georgia Hedeberry for all of their efforts on pit road, especially in that post-race. Trust me, folks, logistically, it was not easy to pull off, and they did a great job with it all day long. So, again, Alex Below, in terms of the battle for the championship, leads Marcus Erickson by 51 points. Joseph Newgarden is 70 back. Scott Dixon, 79 back. And Pato Award, 82 back. Again, your top five of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Alex Pillow, Will Power, Felix Rosenquist, Scott Dixon, and Alexander Rossi. The Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for redefining the limits. Advance Auto Parts, official checkered flag of the NTT IndyCar Series. Penn's Oil, official motor oil of the NTT IndyCar Series. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. Water, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Hinchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a Hinchman. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in motorsports. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. Shell, the official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, in the pits, Alex Wolf, Joel Sebastianelli, and Georgia Hedeberry. Our turn announcers, Michael Young, Jake Query, and Nick Yeoman. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite and technical support by Scott Brigett. Our producer, Sam Rumsa. The network director is Chris Bobby. This is Mark James. Don't forget, you can download your copy of the 107th Indianapolis 500-mile race broadcast. Go to IMS.com and search for historical race broadcasts. Then join us in two weeks for the Sanzio Grand Prix at Road America at beautiful Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Our coverage on most of these same stations starts at 12.30 Eastern. You do not want to miss it. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.